Blog Talk Radio.
Father, Father God, we just praise you and we thank you for all of the trials and the tribulations and the challenges uh, uh, in this period of sorrows that we find ourselves in right now. Father, we thank you for giving us the strength through the, uh, our, the and you know, through the joy of knowing that soon enough this will all seem to be you know just a zephyr, a, a breeze that is passing by in all of eternity, just a just a moment in time that we will all be able to very quickly forget about as the glory of the Lord Jesus shows round about us as we leave this place. And we do pray always to be found worthy to escape all these things that are about to come upon the earth and stand before you. And we pray at the wedding supper more than anything. Holy Lord Jesus, we pray that you will cleanse and totally purify our hearts, our minds, our soul, our spirit, and our flesh, our record-keeping books in heaven, and our robe and gown in heaven with your precious blood and, Father, your holy fire. Purge us, Father God, with that fire, we pray, and raise up before our hearts any behaviors or, or uh, feelings or anything that is within our hearts or any, you know, direction that we have or feelings, feelings, really, feelings in our hearts that are just not harmonious with your perfect will, and help us to be able to navigate the, the challenges that are associated with various portions of our lives that are that are different. We are not able to relate totally to the to trials and tribulations that our fellow Christians are going through. We're not able to relate and feel the pain that uh, so many who are asking for prayer are going through, both emotionally and in some cases physically as well. And we just pray, Father, that you will just you know help us. Through through your incredible grace and mercy and anointing to be able to um, be a part of our fellow brothers and sisters' pain and be able to help them with encouraging words and prayer and, uh, you know, and, and, and to just continuously remind one another that we just have to navigate one day at a time. And, and it may go on for a while. It may be several years. And as long as we prepare our hearts and our minds for that journey, I think that with your help, 
help and some extra time alone uh, in our prayer chairs, our prayer closets late at night when it's dark or maybe extra early in the morning, uh, we'll be able to navigate the challenges of the day. We praise you, Lord, for those of us who are in the workplace as incredibly challenging as it is right now today with all the uh, ups and downs uh, that are happening out there, uh, that, that, that we can you know, immerse ourselves in that work and praise you for that work. And also, I recognize that those blessings that come with that paycheck are, th- are blessings that we can bestow upon others through your love that we pray overflows in us. Let us never just grab a hold of things and become fearful in the fear of the world, for you have not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. And help us, Father, we pray in the name of Jesus to recognize that whenever we feel a little bit fearful, because we do hear the, the, uh, the, you know, the headlines and the threats coming from the forces of darkness, I call it the Global St. Dana Crime Syndicate, which it very much is. Father, we just pray in the name of Jesus that you will continue to anoint us supernaturally, and that's exactly what we need. We need a supernatural touch to help us to be able to, again, to navigate this extremely dark world and to do it while we're focusing on things above and not on things of this world, Colossians 3, verse 2, because we need that extra um, remembrance of where it is we are heading and how glorious it will be when we arrive. We need to spend maybe even a little bit more time looking back into our past and recognizing just how fast the last several years have gone by and, and realize that that marker in our remembrance is also a marker for us to embrace as we look into the future, even though the future feels like it's moving so slow, we recognize by looking into the past that the future is going to come upon us indeed very, very quickly, far more quickly than our emotions and our mind and our spirit perceive as we look into the future. Let us navigate this challenging world one day at a time, remembering the awesome joy that can only come from the hope that we have in standing before Jesus at the wedding supper. And we are so excited and we want to be able to serve you with it with an even keel mind with a nepho uh you know the greek word is nepho we want to have a level-headed even keel uh um you know a steadfast uh, uh in, you know emotionally level-headed um I, I don't even know how to put it uh in in a sense that we can deal with the ups and the downs the incredibly bad news but always in our hearts remembering what this is all about and to be able to have that joy in such a fashion that it shines through as a light and touches other people who probably, uh, if they're not in a complete state of denial and running away from all the things that are happening out there, because I don't understand how anybody could read the newspaper and not see it. But at the same time, many people are experts at focusing on the things that, you know, keep their hearts and minds away from the darkness of the world, hoping in their hearts that it's just a passing phase. And Father, we know, and that that adds to our sorrow as being those who are part of the beginning of sorrows or, or in the period of sorrows, we know that it's not a passing phase. We know that this is, there isn't going to be a new president that's going to change anything. There's nothing that's going to stop the Holy Bible from being fulfilled. The book of Revelation is going to become a reality. It already is. The Olivet Discourse is reading like a newspaper. And Father, we're just asking you for a supernatural touch to be able to navigate these things, recognize the blessing that we each have by knowing these things, and we're asking for that anointing that can only come from above. For 
it is no longer we who live, but Christ, our Lord Jesus, who lives in us. We praise you, Father God, and we thank you for the presence of the Comforter, the Holy Spirit. As we navigate the days of this next week, let us stay focused on daytight compartments, knowing that you are forever with us and that you will not forsake us, that we can do the things that we need to do and do it with your blessings and anointing as we, nav- again, as we navigate the days that we have ahead of us. In the mighty name of Jesus, we praise you and thank you, Father God, because we need your helping hand. Holy Lord Jesus, we need you to hold our hands and lift us up, steady our courses as we navigate that narrow path, trying our very best not to stumble in the potholes along the way. And now to him, our Lord Jesus, who's able to keep us from stumbling and present us faultless someday before the presence of your glory, Father God, we pray in the glorious throne room, oh hallelujah, with exceeding joy. And to you, Father God, our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory, majesty, dominion, and power both now and forever. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And here we are. It's now June the 11th, Sunday at 7.16 p.m., 7.15 p.m. on the East Coast of the United States of Babylon, the greatest. Well, it's funny. Every time I ever listen, every time I listen to one of the um, uh, Judging Freedom with uh, Judge Napolitano and uh, whatever guest he may have on at any given time on YouTube, he always uh, starts his show out, you know, on the East Coast of the United States. And I'm always expecting them to say Babylon the Great, and then it's like, oh, you know, oh, well. But anyway, um, uh, but 
anyway, we're here. Uh, we got a whole exciting next week ahead of us. We have uh, maybe years ahead of us, actually. Um, I mean, I know, I know that we all wish so deeply that we could, you know, get get off this alien demon infested rock. I want to get off this alien demon infested rock. It's more. It seems it seems nowadays that it's actually more alien infested than ever before, um, and that 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 comes as a result of some of the news articles that have been out there uh, recently. We're going to play one of them uh, very soon. Uh, but anyway, uh, you know about the creepy thing that happened out in Los Angeles. If you haven't heard it already, it's uh, pretty creepy. Um, uh, but you know the funny thing about it. I mean the odd thing about it. Not really ha ha funny funny, but the odd thing about it is I really think it happens. Far Far, far more uh, than we know. Um, and I honestly believe from the bottom of my heart that the vast majority of people that have those sorts of incidents happen to them, you know, crashing UFO phenomenon down the hill from their house and, you know, some rural part of Montana or wherever. Uh, and the actual seeing or, or viewing of uh, otherworldly beings walking away from the crash site or whatnot, or even heading toward their house. Heaven forbid. But I, I think these kinds of things have been happening for an awful long time, uh, probably hundreds of years. Um, and, um, and nowadays, I think the exception, you know, the, and when I say accept, I mean A-C-C-E-P-T, except to, the, the, the ability for the police, for the people that are receiving the news, for the news people, for the 911 people to be able to accept that these things are actually happening and the people aren't absolutely nuts. Uh, is far greater nowadays than it has been ever before because of the um, media attention uh, that has been given to the phenomenon. I, I call it a phenomenon, but but anybody who has listening listened to the last couple of shows that I did, the one last Sunday and or no wait the the two Wednesdays back to back, so that would have been I guess on the seventh and the thirty first. Uh, you maybe have gleaned off of those programs that uh, we're dealing with trillions of life forms out there. And um, But I think the vast majority of the entities that we're dealing with on the earth, for the most part, are going to be the fallen angelic entities, the ones that serve Satan. Uh, as a matter of fact, as best as I can tell, uh, and, and again, how would I know unless I was like meeting them and, you know, and even then, would you know? Not to drink a lot of water, folks. Um, blood pressure was running a little bit high this afternoon, so unfortunately, that means I got to take more blood pressure pills, and that means my mouth is going to be a lot drier. So anyway, uh, but yeah, the um, how would we know? You know what I mean? Um, and so uh, you wouldn't, and and that's really just the bottom line. And so I think really the safest place you know to be in your position is that they're fallen angels, they're demonic, they're evil. Now, are they demons? No, they're not demons because demons don't manifest and walk around and do stuff and come out of spaceships and stuff like that. Okay, they you know now do they have the ability to navigate? or go in, in and out of dimensions or move through time or whatever the case is? Probably so. Uh, do they have the ability to manipulate this hologram that we're in right now, you know, mass, uh, 
Probably so. Um, you know, there, we have every reason to believe that they can, certainly on account of the shape-shifting reptilians that seem to be the most pervasive of them all. They're all over the place, running virtually all the major governments in the world right now. But anyway, we've covered that material until we're blue in the face. We're aware that the movie um, They Live is actually highly prophetic. We know they're all around us, and there isn't a lot we can do about it, really. It's just all Jesus warned us about it in Parable of the Wheat and the Tares. You know, how in the world can you explain, and I don't think you can, that's just my opinion, uh, the parable of the wheat and the tares as a literalist, okay? And I'm, I'm a 100, you know, if there's anything over 100%, let's say there's a such thing as 150%. I'm a 200% literalist, all right? I will never go to the metaphor when I'm reading the Bible, ever, unless there is absolutely no possible way to be able to explain it in the literal okay and so that means when jesus was talking about the parable of the wheat and the tares and he said that uh they would grow up and you know grow up like the wheat and they would look like the wheat uh but they're not they are of satan okay that the only entity the only living entity on the face of planet earth okay that can fit that particular description would be a shape-shifting reptilian, or the Nakash, as Dr. Michael Heiser wrote the white paper about from Genesis chapter 3. All right, and is also mentioned explicitly in the uh, Testament of Amaran and, uh, uh, you know, kind of in, uh, through implication in Second uh, Esdras 15, verse 28, where it talks about the dragons of Arabia flying down on the earth like eagles on the wind. All right, and uh, anyway, I'm not going to get into all that. That's a whole other radio show, but praise God. Uh, we are definitely living in a time right now where um, I think the books, you know, some of the books that, like, for example, the book that Zen Garcia has re- recently written, uh, you know, and uh, we, we, we should have him come on and just talk about that one book. But it's um, uh, it has to do with the, the dragon lords, you know, the overlords, the dragon creatures. Um, uh, and I, I suspect, uh, you know, we did have him talk about it a little bit on one of the programs, but I really I suspect that he could probably easily take up a couple of hours of time just going through through the history and all that kind of stuff. So we probably ought to ask him if he would be willing to grab one of our show slots that we have available and come on, come, come on the program and talk about his discoveries as he was uh, deep dive researching the information he needed to uh, for the Dragon uh, Lord's um, uh, book that he wrote. Now, um, I have to hold on a second. If I do this right, I, maybe I can find it real quick. Um, hold on. It's a little tricky because I'm live on the air and I got to like multitask like crazy. But let me go ahead and type in here a dragon and see if it pulls it up. Of course, it's going through probably, oh, my gosh, terabytes of information. Uh, could take a really, really long time to search it out. Hold on just a second. Trib now picks, apocalyptic picks. Let's try it right here. Dragon. All right. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, I don't know. Oh, something's coming up. All right. But no. Yeah. 
Dragon Legacy. Um, no, no. What I'm looking for is not coming up, and that's okay. That's okay. I'm not going to uh, blow away a whole radio show. we got an awful lot of stuff to go through tonight, um, hunting through terabytes of uh, stuff. You know, after you've been doing radio shows like this for 12 years, um, thousands, you know, say, I, my estimation was we had about 5,500, about definitely 5,000 two- to three-hour radio shows. At least two-thirds of those were with guests uh, at the time that I did the uh, copyright takedown, which, wow, that took me like about four hours of deleting, deleting, deleting. It was breaking my heart. I was in tears. Uh, but I was also in fear. I was I was afraid of having, you know, um, I was warned by somebody who was uh, getting sued by a judge in Chicago from the Recording Industry of America, the RIAA, uh, that uh, usage of Christian songs on a podcast, as I was doing continuously, uh, was 100% against the law, even if you were only doing two or three seconds worth of the sound. Uh, I did not realize how strict it was. And then when I did, I was like, well, wait, a minute. Uh, and by the way, get this. So not only is it $125 of a fine for every individual listen that the person, so say if you do, um, we'll, we'll round it off to 10. Let's say that you do 10 Christian songs on one podcast. If one person listens, only one, to that one podcast, that would be 125 that'd be $1,250 in fines from that one listen. Now, if you multiply that times thousands of listens, well, basically they take your house away. It, it really is just that simple. So when I did the takedown, not only did I want to be Romans 13 compliant with the law, praise Jesus, but, um, you know, I had to also face, you know, the concerns that were happening to a fellow Christian of mine where they had already received a letter. By the way, it was from Blog Talk Radio. Uh, the letter didn't come from Blog Talk Radio, but they were a Blog Talk Radio podcaster. Okay, so when I got that word, I was going, oh, man, that is some scary stuff. So praise Jesus, I went ahead. i got to take another sip of water here. Hold on. So I needed to get myself absolutely squeaky clean as far as that kind of stuff was concerned, praise God. And unfortunately, now I still have copies of them, but what I have to do is put them into an audio editor, and then I've got to go through, and, you know, it, it really takes a long time to go through a three-hour radio show, because what you got to do is there's, like, no magic pill. that You can't just press a button and say, go find all the audio and take it out of the, take it out of the MP3. Just go find all the audio clips, ready, get set, go. And you press a button, and it just scans through the whole thing and says, there's one, takes it out, there's one, takes it out, there's one, takes it out, there's one, takes it out. There's nothing that will do that. And then I decided, well, these are precious programs. A lot of work went into these, a lot of guests, God, you know, all that kind of stuff. Praise Jesus. And so then I contacted an agency that specialized in doing those kinds of things, editing podcasts, et cetera, et cetera, right? Well, the word I got back from them was, we will not do what you are asking us to do. Now, they didn't tell me why they wouldn't do it, but they said they would not. Okay, um, now, uh, if my suspicion is correct, it's probably because of it's just so labor intensive and so equipment intensive and so people intensive that they just knew from experience that it would cost gazillions of dollars and that nobody would pay it, uh, which is true. You know, I mean, I was 
silly enough to actually think that maybe they had special technologies or whatever, and they can find them really fast and remove them and give me like, you know, some reasonable flat rate fee or something like that. But that was not the case. They were like, nope, we won't do it. Thanks for calling us. We hope you have a nice week. And then I realized, well, the only way I'm going to be able to use any of these, any of this material as best of shows or whatever is to do it myself. You know, so if I decide I'm going to do a best of show um, of a particular Zen show that we did, say, for, for example, just as an example, 2012 or 2013, I have to first find the show and then the next thing I have to do is uh, inject it into the editor and sit there and go like it's hard to explain it but you just gotta like hit the play button and then just advance it like a tiny little bit and you gotta go through three hours of audio to try to find where the uh, songs are and then you've got to snip it out that song and then you got to keep on going keep on going keep on going keep on going up oh, there's another little bit of sound and, and there's another audio bite from Kerry Joby or whatever and then you got to snip that out and then you keep on going and the whole you know to clean to sanitize one three-hour show can take by the time you complete it and you do the final edits and you get it so that you're able to upload it to blog talk radio as something you can play as a, a, a best of show it's about 30 minutes of work. Um, you multiply that times 5,000, <laughs> you can see that it's not something you're going to do on a weekend. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. So anyway, um, we have a fantastic, as always, an unsurmountable, uh, unbelievable amount of uh, apocalyptic news. And no, it's not getting any better. It's getting worse. Um, I, you know, and, you know, honestly... Honestly, and I don't like saying honestly because honestly implies that I would say something dishonest, and that is never going to be the case. So I'll say it differently. The challenge is that I honestly – there I go again. I believed from the very bottom of my heart that we were going to be gone from this alien demon-infested rock a long time ago. I really did. But I remember the conversation that I had with Kenneth back in, oh my goodness, I guess it was somewhere around July of 2011. And we were both absolutely convinced beyond any shadow of a doubt that the rapture was going to happen within weeks. And I remember the con, I was sitting out on my porch and uh, my pool was actually clean at the time. The waterfall was running and I was sitting there, you know, and talking to him and like, well, I don't know. What do you think? I don't know. What do you think? What do you think? We were like those chipmunks, you know, on, on uh, Looney Tunes and stuff. Um, you know, after you, no, after you, no, after you, no, after you. And after a while, we finally said, oh, yeah, why don't we go ahead and do it? So we went in and did it. But we did it on this idea, this premise that we were leaving. Okay, and so for anybody who was around during the early programs, the really, really super duper 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 early programs, which would have been about July of 2011, you would note that we were essentially rapture chasers. That's exactly what the program did. Every single time somebody came along, I'm not going to name any names because it's a little bit embarrassing. Nobody likes to have things brought up that they said that didn't come to pass, okay? Um, and I certainly don't want to impeach any of my fellow brothers and sisters that are trying to do the best they can to serve the Lord. Our Father relents, and you won't find it with the King James. You've got to use the New King James or the Amplified, or there's probably other translations as well. But you're looking for the word R-E-L-E-N-T, relent, okay, which does not exist in the King James. But it does in the New King James because it's more accurate, okay? I'm not saying every single text, every single uh, uh, 
uh, Bible verse is more accurate. There are some Bible verses in the King James that are more accurate than the New King James. Likewise, there are better overarching translations. In other words, more meaningful. They actually hit the jackpot better. The human psyche is able to absorb them. It makes better sense from the NLT. So I find myself absolutely loving having uh, the Amplified, the NLT, the King James, and the New King James at my fingertips at all times. Praise God. Because I want to be able to jump around between the four of them and take a look at how each one of them makes the statement or makes the, uh, you know, the paragraph. I want to read the paragraph. And sometimes I'll still go back and use my good old Kenneth Woist um, expanded New Testament. Kenneth Woist, uh, you know, I guess, I don't know if he was born in Greece. I, maybe he was born in Greece, but this this is the type of guy that like you know dreams in Greek, okay? And he wrote the uh, expanded New Testament in Greek, and he explains. Uh, now he's with Jesus now, so you know it's not like you're gonna go have a conversation with him tonight. But I'm just saying that you know when I was doing my homework on Kenneth Weist, um, the explanation behind the expanded New Testament was that the other translations didn't really understand understand what's called Greek transliteration, which is exceedingly important because you cannot translate properly between Greek and English, and you cannot translate properly between Hebrew and English. It simply doesn't matter. English is actually, although some people from other countries will say that it's an extremely difficult language to learn, I, I don't know anything about that because I'm not bilingual. Um, I Well, I, I mean, if you, if you count speaking in tongues bilingual, then I am, I guess. But anyway, um, uh, thank you, Jesus. But, um, but no, you know, from like I can't speak Spanish, I can't speak French. I took the two years of French, and I, you know, I was, I was the, I was a playboy. I was in high school. I wanted to dork off like everybody else and crack jokes and you know that kind of thing, you know, just like any other kid in high school. So I, you know, weaseled. I don't want to call it weaseling, but I barely got by, just enough to barely, barely squeak through and get a barely, barely, barely passing grade. Um, and I took uh, Latin, and um, I'm glad I took Latin. I really am, because um, I'm able to go to other countries because of, you know, so if it's a Latin-based language, like German is a Latin-based language. French is, France is a Latin-based language. English is a Latin-based language. Uh, Latino is a Latin-based language. So what you can do is, if you know the root words of, of words, you know, the Latin root word of a word, you can look at a sign, like a street sign, and you can think it through and go, just using the root words, you can pretty much get a decent idea of what the street sign is actually saying. You won't get it 100% correct, but you, you, you'd be able to figure out, you know, usually, not always, not always. I'll give you an example of not always. When I was in Puerto Rico and I'm driving down the highway, it was the context of driving down the highway that helped me to understand that the word exit, okay, in uh, Spanish, and I, you know, Puerto Rican, I don't know. No, I mean, you know, I know that the, the Latino-speaking people, they differentiate their different versions of, of their Latin dialects, okay? So my understanding is people who speak Portuguese, okay, uh, if they were to speak Portuguese, uh, you know, lit- how, how do I put it? If they go over to Brazil and speak Portuguese, they're going to have issues <coughs> because because there are certain nuances associated with how 
Portuguese is assembled that will conflict with the way that normal Spanish, the way it's spoken of, and, and, and it'll actually, some of the sentences that they'll say will be offensive and upset people, and, you know, it'll be like calling them bad names and things like that. When I was in Puerto Rico driving around, because I had to go to this military base when I was down there on assignment, I, I was lost. I mean, there was no way for me to find my way. There was no way. No way. It wasn't like I was just going to flip on my Google uh, uh, GPS and have it take me down to the to the military base. There's just absolutely no way it was going to happen. First and foremost, there's nothing on the streets. Okay, the, the, the highways, you know, I don't even know. I, I, maybe there were bigger highways in some of the bigger uh, cities, but on my way to that military base, it was just a little two-lane road. And I got lost. I didn't know where I was. I didn't know how far the base was. I didn't know what I should be looking for. I had no idea, and I could have driven right off the edge of the island straight into the Atlantic Ocean. Uh, so, but I did see the word Salida all the time. Salida, 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 Salida. And I, I take over and I go over this hill, down this hill and up this hill and down this hill. Salida, Salida, Salida. And I noticed that whenever I saw the word Salida, there was another road that took off like a Y to the right. And I, of course, naturally put two and two together. And I'm like, oh, Salida means exit. Okay, but that is not the use of a Latin root word because their Salida has no Latin root for the word exit. Uh, you, you, it, you just kind of have to be there. But anyway, um, I ended up having to get off. I remember getting off an exit and going into a McDonald's. Uh, and oh, my. Talk about being amidst a whole lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of people that did not speak any English at all. They had no idea what I was saying. It was, I might as well have been on Planet Pop-Tart. I mean, for real. Uh, the signs, everything, there was no, there was no uh, you know, Spanish and then English below it like you have in the United States. No. It was zip. It was totally Spanish, and everybody spoke totally Spanish, and I, it was... Uh, I was stuck. I was stuck. I don't even remember how I got the information I needed to find my way to the military base. I, I, honestly, I'm not even going to try to speculate. It was too many years ago. But somehow, uh, I don't know. I found my way there. And I'll just leave it at that. But going to that McDonald's was not the uh, you know, you know, saving grace that I was hoping it would be to help me find where, uh, where my destination was located. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. So I, didn't, I, don't, I don't want to get too far off base because we do have unbelievable amount of apocalyptic news. Like I said, I, I always have a little bit of a uh, – what do they call it? It's, um, as as uh, Lauren Peterson put, would put it, he would call it a conundrum. Okay, uh, I don't know what to call it, but I guess I have a little bit of a conundrum, too, on Sundays because Saturdays aren't a problem. Saturdays, I pretty much know that I'm going to watch some movies. I'm going to escape reality. I, I'm, I'm still going to pray. I'm still going to be praising Jesus, uh, you know, all that. Um, it's not like that. I don't want to, you know, distance myself from the presence of the Lord. Uh, but at the same time, I would like to watch a movie and kind of disconnect from all the evil evil that is so pervasive and in your face <clears throat> when you are looking at any form of news. Well, any form of news that is tr even semi-trustworthy to the tiniest little amount. Okay, if you want to read, you know, and here's the amazing thing, is, you know, even the mainstream news nowadays, like, for example, if I, I've got Windows 11, and no, I haven't gotten rid of 100% of the uh, blue screens, unfortunately, but I think the ones related to the radio show are, are gone for now at least 
in the name of Jesus, I pray that they are. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I ended up getting another. So there's still problems with Windows 11. I don't know if they're ever going to get this thing fixed for a computer like mine uh, because I had to go out and buy uh, the biggest, baddest, most powerful system in the world. And, of course, you know, it's going to be on the cutting edge and always going to be a little bit of a problem when it comes to blue screens. And that's just how it is. Um, so I ended up buying an 8 processor. These are not logical processors, by the way. These are actual literal processors. I forget how many logical processors it has, but it's a, it's a monster. <laughs> I actually called it Leviathan. Uh, but anyway, um, but uh, unfortunately, um, you know, I'm, I'm what's known in the technology world as an early adopter. Usually that doesn't create a problem for me, but with this computer, it has. Uh, it, it just creates challenges that I did not anticipate. Praise God. So I'll just wrestle through it and just, you know, keep on hoping it doesn't happen during a radio show. Thank you, Jesus. And, and praise God and just raise my hands to the heaven whenever I, I make a little bit of a progress. And I also know that when I do make progress, it's always very short-lived until next patch comes out or whatever and then whoops there's another one so anyway but yeah right now i just hovered my um a cursor over the little um 86 degrees fahrenheit and sunny in the bottom left hand corner of my right monitor and uh it pops up you know the, the msn news you know the uh microsoft version of evil and um and and you know when i look at the headlines that are popping up it's all bad news. I mean, you really can't get away from it. Aliens are everywhere. Fascinating theories on what aliens can be, by the way, there's an awful lot. I would say that out of every 10, I don't know if this is because of AI or I, I don't like the term AI because there's real AI and then there's just algorithms that look at what what you're looking at and then they make a record of what you look at so if you look at a lot of stocks you're going to see a lot of stock ticker uh, news articles if you look at a lot of QAnon stuff you're going to get a lot of QAnon stuff if you look at a lot of Donald Trump stuff you're going to get a lot of Donald Trump stuff if you look at a lot of Twitter stuff you're going to get a lot of Twitter stuff so it's not true artificial intelligence by any stretch of the imagination now the chat GPT stuff now that's some creepy stuff forget about that stuff as a matter of fact, the inventors of it are out there, uh, you know, they're, they're afraid it's going to, you know, it's going to turn and kill, kill mankind and all that kind of stuff and weirdness. And, you know, who knows what's going to happen with the Great Tribulation. I, I, we're not going to be here for that. I know as a fact that we're not going to be here for that. Our Bible tells us that we're not going to be here for that. We would really have to be naughty, 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 pants on fire, Christians, foolish virgins, and I don't believe that any one of us are. Uh, I know that we're imperfect, and I know that we're constantly praying that we will escape all these things that are about to come upon the earth and stand before Jesus at the wedding supper, because that's the only place we could be. Hallelujah. Uh, but on the flip side of that, I don't think we're, you know, any one of us qualifies for being a foolish virgin. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. And I pray for every single one of you. I ask for a tenfold blessing and anointing and divine protection over your job and your health and, and just whatever God needs, to, whatever mercies he needs to, to, to allow to flow into your life. I pray that fervently with tears in my eyes all the time for the listeners of the show, even past, present, and future listeners, because I know, you know, wherever you are in your walk, it's not easy. 
I, I, you know, I'm because of doing the radio show and people do reach out to me and um, I want them to reach out to me. I don't, so I don't want this to be like, oh, no, don't reach out to me because it's going to make me feel bad. Please don't think like that. OK, I, it is a blessing. We're standing on holy ground. Whenever somebody is led to come to you and ask for prayer. OK, that is standing on holy ground. Thank you, Jesus and our heavenly father. That is a gift from our father. OK, and that's a wonderful and anointed opportunity for all of us to be able to pray for one another to bring us through the challenges and the trials and the tribulations and the difficult times that we all are having to deal with. And believe you me, uh, just because, you know, and, and all of our trials and tribulations, I don't know if you're aware of this, and I think most people are, they're custom made for us. Okay, they're, they are. They really, really, truly are. Okay, my trials and tribulations are very different than Sister Nancy's, are very sis- different than Sister Vera's, are very different than, uh, you know, uh, Brother Justin's, are very different than West Coast Walter's uh, trials and tribulations, are very different than, you know, every one of us has a custom package of ugly that we're having to deal with and work our way through. Okay, and it is a test. It's, it's part of who we are. Uh, it's, it's one of the reasons why I read, uh, I try at least a little bit more more and more to read a little bit more of the uh, 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 visits to heaven testimonies that I have uh, in books in some cases uh, on the prayer vigil just to kind of disconnect us a little bit and help us focus quite a bit more on how glorious that which our Father has laid up for us so that we understand that when we wake up and our eyes open up on a Monday morning and we got to face a whole lot of ugly uh, that um, we have something just super awesome and incredible waiting for us because we need that hope. We need to be able to hang on to the um, the robe of Jesus and, and just believe with all of our heart that he's going to take the time to reach down, grab our hand, pull us up, steady our course, and help us, you know, uh, now to him who is able to keep us from stumbling. We need his hands on us. Okay, the Bible says that we are in his hands and that we are also in our Father's hands. I, I consecrate myself into the Lord Jesus Christ's hands every single morning, into my Father's hands every single morning. It's all part of my prayers. I know that we're all going through our versions of ugly and challenging things. And you know what? Along that journey does come occasional victories, and we need to remember to be praising God with our fellow brothers and sisters who maybe we've been praying for for six months every single morning, and finally they have a breakthrough. Finally they have a victory, and you know what? That's time for us to all rejoice together because we are one in the body of Christ, and that oneness in the body of Christ is what's going to ultimately lift us up and give us the prayer power that we need. Okay, we're two or more gathered together there our father is in our midst okay and i i really believe in the days that we are in the 21st century the gathering together doesn't mean we have to be in the same exact room uh i honestly believe we can be praying together over a zoom meeting we can be praying together uh you know uh uh you know in in the early wee hours of the morning without having to be specifically in the same exact room i really believe that with all of my heart praise god all right so anyway and that's really important it's super important it's even more so, I believe, and this is just me, I believe it's more important for us than it is for other believers. Okay, and you might say, well, why would you say that, Johnny? Well, the reason is because those of us who are regular listeners of this program 
uh, you know stuff that you don't know. I'm not saying not to listen to other programs. I'm not telling you that. I am telling you that it's very dangerous out there. I am telling you that I get a lot of emails from people all over the world. I just got one very recently from a very kind saint who lives in uh, South Africa, and she was asking me about something that was just awful that someone was teaching uh, in the name of God uh, that was absolutely, truly heretical and absolutely horrible. And I, I told her, run for your life. Uh, so there's a lot of that going on out there, and it's very, very, very dangerous. <clears throat> anyway, but that being said, the one, the one thing that we, we all have in common, we're all in this together. Hallelujah. We are indeed all in this together. Okay, so we should rejoice when our fellow brothers and sisters rejoice. We should weep when our fellow brothers and sisters weep. And, and yes, it comes with, and we're all kind of like emotional, empathetic sponges, and it does, but that sponge, you know what, we give it to Jesus, we lay it at the foot of the cross, we trust in him, and we continue praying, and we move on. And I will say, and by the way, this is in some of my, you know, Jesus books, and I'm talking about, you know, like I have this book over here written by Dale Carnegie that is very Jesus-filled, called How to Stop Worrying and How to Start Living, and it's loaded with all kinds of anecdotes, and and true stories of people that he interviewed all over the world, many of them very well known and in extremely influential positions. And, um, and anyway, long story short, I have plucked many of the witticisms out of that book and put them into a little – I like keep.google.com. It's like a little mini notepad thing that you can keep, you know, make little notes. And I keep that, and I go back and reread them, reread them so that I can refresh my memory because one of the things that I have to keep on reminding myself to do – is to live in day-tight compartments, which, by the way, is just a different way of saying um, we, what Jesus admonished us. He said, don't worry about tomorrow. Just worry about the, 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 today has enough problems of its own. Okay, just focus on today. Focus on me. Continue to pray. You will get through it one day at a time. Matter of fact, I, I'm one of those people. I like little paperweights and things like that and little stones. Like I have a little, now it's not no longer available on Amazon, but it's a little stone that has etched into it the word gratitude, and I put it in front of my laptop, and as I'm working throughout the day, I will grab that. I get off of a Zoom call, and I will grab that gratitude stone, and I will clench it, and I will close my eyes and bow my head, and I will say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for bringing me through this day. Thank you for taking away all of my concerns. You know, my life is full of catastrophes that never happened. I praise you for showing me all of the things that you've shown me, for, all, for bringing me through all of the things that you brought me through. I thank you, Lord, and I pray that you will give me the courage to take on each one of these days one at a time. Now, here's the thing. Daytight Compartments was uh, from that book of Dale Carnegie's, you know, how, how to Stop Worrying and How to Live. And he, he was talking to a Navy captain of a ship. And this guy was diagnosed. I hope I got this story right. I, I really am trying to get the story right. And I believe he was diagnosed by his doctor. And the doctor said to him, based upon all your vitals and everything else that I'm looking at, you are going to die probably in the next three months. Now, of course, this scared the guy. You know, he didn't want to die. Um, and... Um, the long and short of it all is, is that because he was a Navy captain or a very high-ranking Navy official, he understood what was called, um, you know, uh, water 
tight compartments, okay? That's one of the first things they teach you in the military, or, or in the Navy anyway. You need to understand watertight compartments. That's why there's so many TV shows and submarine shows and things like that where you will see the crew running for their lives because the water is rushing toward them, and they will have fellow sailors that are their friends. But they will close the hatch anyway and lock down the hatch. And their, their fellow sailors and their fellow friends will be on the other side of the hatch as the water is climbing up, climbing up, and they'll be banging on the hatch, let me out, let me out, and they will have to watch their fellow sailor and friend die in, in drowning on the other side of the hatch. Now, why is it that they would do that? Doesn't that seem cruel? But you're trained over and over and over and over and over and over. I mean, it's like second nature to you. You cannot violate that, okay? It is the rule, because what happens is if you don't lock down that hatch, you're locking it down against the water that is rushing, that Niagara Falls that is heading directly at you. You cannot sit there and go, oh, if I could only let one more guy through. Because when you do that, that water hits that hatch and it blasts that hatch wide open and now you and hundreds and hundreds of other men are going to die because you did not lock down that uh, watertight hatch. Okay, so when this particular uh, Navy captain or whatever he was, or admiral or whatnot, when he came to the conclusion that the only way he was going to be able to get his um, unbelievable uh, uh, um, anxiety and worries and stuff under control because mental worries and mental anxieties are so hard on the human body that they will kill you. They will destroy your heart. They will destroy your pancreas. They will destroy your kidneys. They will destroy. They will throw off all the things inside of you that God created. Okay, so that your body would have an essentially an electrochemical balance. Okay, and so what happens is it's well known amongst the psychological profession, the psychiatric profession, against the medical profession. They know dagnabbit well that if you if they can't help you get your anxiety and your worries under control, you are going to die. You're going to have a heart attack. You're going to stroke out. You're gonna, and these are very bad things, okay? Now, the reason I bring that up is because this particular guy in the, in the story in the book, because of his Navy affiliation, he called them day-tight compartments, okay? Instead of watertight compartments, he called them day-tight compartments. And when he learned to conquer his overwhelming anxiety, overwhelming worries, okay, by living in day-tight compartments. Now, if you apply that, see, for me, this is exceedingly meaningful because I'm ex-Navy, and I get it. Now, for you, it may not mean a hill of beans, and it might, maybe it doesn't mean anything to you, and maybe it doesn't work for you. We are all not, we're not all cut from the same cookie cutter, okay? There are things that people are going through that, you know, we're just all different. It's just how it is. However... If you just happen to understand what I'm talking about, and you can relate to a daytight compartment, when you lock down that compartment from that onrush of water that's going to kill the other 380 people on that ship if you don't do it, all right, when you lock that down, it is done. All right, you understand where I'm coming from? It is done. There's no change in your mind and going, oh, no, 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 I changed my mind. I got to let Chuck through. I can't let Chuck. No, it is done. Now, why is that a beautiful thing in our walk 
that is so wrought with trials and tribulations and difficulties and hardships and everything. And it's just how God wants us. It's part of our journey. Our Heavenly Father wants us to go through these trials and tribulations. He wants us to learn to navigate difficult waters and to do it trusting him. I mean, there's stories in the Bible about, you know, think about all the, uh, you know, the apostles and they're going across in, in the boat and this big storm comes and Jesus is just snoozing right along, man. He's snoring away. He's so kicked back. He's got his feet up and, he, oh man, he is just comfy, wumpy. And they're all looking at him. Lord, look at this. The seas, we're all going to die. And Jesus is like, you know, I mean, really, when you think about it, what was like the number one thing? And it seems to me that one of the most common things that Jesus said to his disciples was, oh, ye of little faith. You know, and, and they were even surprised. You know, they were like, wow, even the storms listened to him and stuff. You know, and so, um, you know, living in a day tight compartment, just think of it as that day is tight. Boom. Okay, you have pulled that that hatch down. There is no turning back. Okay, uh, there is nothing but death and destruction on the other side of that door. You have saved the lives of so many other people. And yes, it was not a good thing to have to go through it. But by locking down that hatch, by not allowing yourself to think about the next day at all, it's taboo. It is unallowed. Okay, and you take that position and you lock it down and you do not think about the next day. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. And let me tell you something. It is a healing thing to learn how to do that. It is a very healing healing thing because our proclivity to be concerned about something tomorrow it damages our faith it damages our faith when we are concerned about things in the future when we have talked to our father when we have turned it over to jesus we need to stand on that faith we need to believe with all of our heart and if we're sitting there entertaining thoughts about tomorrow and thoughts about thursday and thoughts about next week we are damaging our ability to stand on the faith of the lord jesus Christ. That's why we need to pull that hatch down and forget about tomorrow. Hallelujah. And I do it right now. I got a crummy day tomorrow, and you know what? I don't care because it's going to be a good day. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Hallelujah. Ah, I feel so much better. Oh, I need to do that more often. Right, kids? All right. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. And yes, praise is a very powerful weapon, and it will turn things around. You know, when you let yourself slip occasionally, we all do, we all do, we all do uh, a little bit, and we start to think about things that we shouldn't allow ourselves to think about uh, because we're in day-tight compartments, and we've already pulled that latch down. Okay, that, but we'll slip, we'll slip on occasion, and that's when you just got to drop everything, close your eyes, focus your eyes on Jesus, and say, thank Thank you, Lord. I praise you for the awesomeness that you have for us. I praise you for that, for all of heaven and the glory and the love that you have laid up for us, things that we cannot even begin to imagine. Oh, Father, we praise you. We thank you, Lord. You just got to get into that praise. You got to get into that worship. You got to put on that praise music, which, by the way, the demons hate, and they will scatter. Hallelujah. It's a wonderful weapon. If it's going to bring down the walls of Jericho, you can believe it's going to scatter the demons of darkness. Hallelujah. And that's exactly how we have to. We're, we're at a constant battle. That is who we are. It's part of our life, and we have 
have to get rid of worrying about stuff. You know, we got to follow the scripture, do what the scripture tells us to do, and trust God. And and you know what I'm telling you? I've been through some real horrible, awful, awful, awful things. And you know what? The the only thing that has brought me through the things that I've been through, and I'm just sharing this as a form of testimony, is when not I wasn't perfect. I was not perfect. I dorked up really, really bad. Believe me, I de- I am the king of dork. Okay, but I'm telling you, when I got it together, that's when things started getting better. When I started to to daytight compartment myself, praise God, praise God, because I knew he was going to answer those prayers, and I was not bashful. I said, Father, I got this issue. It's personal. It's difficult. I'm having problems dealing with it, and I need help. I need help. Okay, I'm not overcoming it on my own. So obviously, I'm crying out for help here, and then I'm giving it to you in the name of Jesus, and I'm standing on the name of Jesus. I am believing by the blood of Jesus, and I am. I'm going to overcome it, but I'm going to do it with your help because you promised me that help. Thank you, Jesus. And I would just believe it every day, and I'd pull down that day-tight compartment, and I'd lock it down, and I'd go through the day. I'd get up the next day, and I would pray the same prayer over again, but I never stopped believing. I never let the devil have an inroad on me so that he could go up as the accuser of the brethren who accuses the brethren both day and night and stand in the courts of heaven and say, look, look, he's all worried. He doesn't trust you, Father. Why would you give him that? answer to his prayer when he obviously doesn't trust you. He's sitting there worried sick about tomorrow. And you know what? Accuser of the brethren was right. And it wasn't until I stopped, I knocked that stuff off that I, and it wasn't right away, wasn't the first three days, wasn't the first two two, two weeks. Sometimes it was a a month and a half, two months. Uh, But I kept on that lock. I locked that day down and hallelujah, let me tell you, praise Jesus. I saw massive progress in my walk, okay? And I sat there and I looked back on it and was like, wow, this is amazing. So the progress that I made, not perfect, not perfect, still holding on to the bumper as the, you know, Jesus car is going over speed bumps and heading deeper into the sorrows period. But nevertheless, I can see a lot of progress, and uh, I hope that this means something to you because it meant a lot to me, and I'm, I've got to get better at it. <clears throat> it's a constant battle. It's a constant battle. That's one of the reasons why I always say in my prayer, Father, in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, I decree fire from heaven in Jesus' name to vaporize all earthly and spiritual weapons, to vaporize all fiery darts in the name of Jesus, to vaporize all earthly and spiritual, or, uh, all contracts, all demonic agreements, any entity of the darkness that sets its will against me in the mighty name of Jesus, fuego, fire from on high in Jesus' name. And let me tell you something. The holy fire of God is a weapon that the darkness fear more than anything. Praise you, Jesus. Kids, are you ready? All right, kids, why did the sick pumpkin say, oh, I'm sorry, what did the sick pumpkin say? What did the sick pumpkin say? Feel so gourd. <laughs> What? what? Kids? Uh, what do you think? Well, well, 
Oh, I see your little sign there, Spanky Instigator. He's saying that pumpkins aren't gourds. Okay, well, I don't know about that. I'm not an expert on that kind of thing. All right, kids, why can a pepper, uh, why can a pepper play archery? Why can a pepper play archery? Because it habanero. <laughs> I get it now. At first when I read it, I'm like, this doesn't make any sense at all. Kids, get it? Why can a pepper play archery? Because it hab an arrow. Get it? <laughs> it has an arrow. Come on, kids. I was like thinking to myself, okay, I'm in trouble tonight. Two strikes and look out. All right, kids, why don't they send a duck into space? Because the bill would be astronomical. <laughs> Call Elon Musk. <laughs> All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. All right. And we have uh, one hour brings us to nine and then. Yeah, nine. So we got one hour from now before we bring on um, uh, Dr. Joy Jeffries Pugh and hopefully Brother Zen Garcia. And they had their uh, big um, uh, um, uh, seminar event. Um, and I understand it went really well. I was not able to attend for many reasons. Um, but anyway, but I did hear it went really, really well. And I praise God for that. And maybe they'll tell us a little bit about it. But anyway, praise you, Jesus. So I want to go ahead and play a little snippet. I'm not going to play a ton of it, but I, want, I do want you to hear a little bit of this talking about the state of the situation uh, in warfare, in World War III, and the things that are going on over in the Ukraine and with China, etc., and in Iran even. They even include a little bit of discussion regarding Iran and their hypersonic missiles. So let's go ahead and listen to a snippet of this. This is a uh, total length is about 20 minutes. We're not going to spend nearly that in it. All right, praise God. And here it comes. Hold on, it's loading. All right, thank you, Jesus. military threat. We're designed to close with and destroy the enemy through firepower and maneuver. What's needed on the border is more of a law enforcement policing role combined with effective news outlets in Dubai. The country of Iran has just announced it can now domestically produce hypersonic ballistic missiles to defend itself or to sell uh, to the highest bidder. Uh, do you do you think with everything going on with Saudi Arabia pulling back from the United States, Iran deepening its ties with with Putin and Russia, uh, with bad blood towards the United States, does this uh, capability of domestically producing a hypersonic ballistic missile does this pose uh, a problem for the United States or or for the world? Well, it poses a problem for the United States and Israel. Um, Look, Iran's in the business of um, bettering relations with Saudi Arabia. Um, they're, they're not building this missile to threaten Saudi Arabia. They're not building this missile to threaten any of their uh, Arab uh, neighbors. Um, but we have to be real here. Israel has been carrying out attacks against Iran for decades now. They've been assassinating Iranian scientists. They've been um, using covert means to blow up Iranian facilities, both those related to nuclear and uh, to ballistic missile development. Now, if we were in the United States and the nation was assassinating our scientists and blowing up our facilities, we'd bomb the heck out. Um, but the problem is with Iran bombing uh, Israel, um, many of their missiles might have been shot down by the Israeli uh, Iron Dome system. Um, 
and then you open yourself up for retaliation from Israel. With this hypersonic missile, Iran has built a system that can't be shot down by the Israelis, which means that if Israel continues to push red lines, Iran will be able to decisively strike Israel in a non-nuclear fashion. So in many ways, this makes the region even safer because it, it creates real deterrence on the part of Iran. Iran can tell Israel that if you attack us, we will destroy significant parts of your uh, society, your military, your government in ways that you can't respond to. You can't prevent this from happening. And with the United States, it's the same thing. Iran is saying that if you attack us, and remember, one of the things that Donald Trump is being um, accused of right now is retaining a secret war plan driven, uh, drawn up by General Miley to attack Iran. So it's not that Iran's making stuff up. Iran's sitting there going, you have a war plan to attack us. You actually were planning on doing this. And if you know anything about the military, once that war plan exists, then it exists today, which means the Biden administration has a war plan to attack Iran, which means Iran must develop the means necessary to deter that. And they do that by developing this weapon system that the United States cannot defend against. So that if we attack Iran, every American installation within 1,400 kilometers of Iran is susceptible to being destroyed by this missile that we can't defend against. So in many ways, this system actually makes the region safer, but it'll be very frustrating for the United States and Israel because we are not used to um, conceding anything to anybody. We, we like situations to be resolved on our terms, uh, dictated from the standpoint of what improves American security posture and allowing Iran to um, not take control, but to dominate the region um, is not in, our, in, in the current uh, best interests of American security posture. We need to be in control of that region. I would say in the long term, though, this is a good thing because the United States really doesn't need to have the fifth fleet operating out of Bahrain. We don't need to have uh, tactical combat aircraft operating out of uh, uh, Qatar and Oman, um, that it would be better for the world for us to withdraw our military from that area and start working with Saudi Arabia and Iran and other nations constructively uh, with joint economic interests in mind. There's no longer a schism between Saudi Arabia and Iran for the U.S. to exploit from a military standpoint. They're making peace. Um, so it's, maybe it's time for the United States to talk about making peace as well. And it would be in our best interest because we have alienated Saudi Arabia to the extent that they are cutting oil production right now in a way that's going to have a detrimental impact on the economy of the United States. It used to be we could pick up the phone and the Saudis would adjust oil production to meet the economic best interests of the United States. It's now at the point where Saudi Arabia doesn't care what the United States thinks anymore. They're going to cut production to raise prices, which not only benefits them, but it benefits Russia. Remember, our goal with economic sanctions is to strangle Russia, uh, to try and cut off access to Russian energy. And we've been successful in closing down some markets, but that success is reversed the moment prices go up because now Russia can sell less gas at a higher price and make the same amount of money they made before. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Thank you for your insight on that. Um, in the last few days, a, a Chinese warship uh, came at a U.S. destroyer. Uh, and then at the last minute, about 150 yards out, it turned, um, seemed like a giant game of chicken with China flexing their muscles. Uh, do you believe we will eventually go to war with China? And if yes, 
how would the U.S. military fare against uh, China, seeing that the United States and China are, are so far apart because of the ocean? Well, look, first, let's talk about what the Chinese are doing. The United States has, um, for, for a long time now, spoken about what we call freedom of navigation. That is that we cannot allow any nation to deny America access to international waters. And we view the Taiwan Strait separating Taiwan from China as international waters. And so we uh, frequently send American warships through the Taiwan Straits as a show of force designed to intimidate China. China's made it clear that those days are over. And so what they're doing is they're making sure that every American warship that transits the Taiwan Straits understands that there will be an incident, um, that it's no longer freedom of navigation. There will be a price, and they are going to continue to aggressively challenge American warships. Um, and, and their goal is to get America to stop sending warships through the, uh, through the Taiwan Strait. Now, America, you know, we, we can't back down like that uh, because that's a, a loss of face. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a defeat. So this is a very precipitous situation. But the one thing that controls it is the reality that we cannot win a war against China. I know that there are a lot of people listening right now who say, what are you talking about? Of course you can. We're America, the biggest, most powerful Navy in the world and all that. Um, remember, we just had a conversation about the uh, Iranian hypersonic missile and how nothing can shoot it down. I, I, I want Americans to understand that the Chinese have hypersonic missiles and we can't shoot them down. And these missiles are designed to take out American warships uh, hundreds of miles away from uh, from Taiwan. So as our fleet closes in on an area of concern, the Chinese have the ability to sink our ships before they get there. And there's nothing we can do. They say, well, what about the American Air Force? Well, where's it going to fly from? Uh, American aircraft to threaten China have to come from Guam, have to come from Japan. If you think about it, um, you know, you have to fill them up with gasoline, with aviation fuel, which means at some point in time, you have to have tankers in the sky to refuel them. Those tankers re require a combat air patrol to protect them or else the tankers will get shot down. So the plane gets refueled, then it has to go in and, and, and do its mission, uh, but it can only be on target for a certain amount of time before it has to return back to be refueled. Um, anyway, um, praise God. So um, <clears throat> I just wanted you to hear the, the, uh, the dialogue regarding Iran, the, um, the fact that they're claiming anyway that they have the ability to build their own hypersonic missiles, which they could have only received that ability from Russia. So we already know that Russia is um, sharing military designs and also military equipment. A lot of the drones that have <clears throat> been used by Russia in the Ukrainian conflict uh, have come from Iran. So we know there's an open uh, sharing of military equipment, designs, and builds, et cetera, et cetera, going on between Iran and um, uh, Russia. Now, um, <clears throat> we would also would have to estimate and assume that that same, you know, I don't know what you would call it, but agreement, that type of uh, information sharing, war, war footing information sharing is occurring with North Korea is occurring through China, probably through covert means, because, of course, you know, nobody wants you to know, no, nobody wants the world uh, stage, the war stage, to know that these things are going on. But at the same time, you know, logic would dictate that, you know, something is 
complex as building a hypersonic missile, if it was, you know, it, it, it's just one of those things. You know, North Korea isn't going to pull it out of their, you know, four-leaf clover thing. You know, it, 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 they're getting, they're sharing, uh, you know, war designs, war equipment, war everything uh, amidst their uh, fellows, um, you know, their colleagues. And, in, in, in you know, it, it never was this bad before, but now uh, it is. Okay, and then, of course, that makes Israel many times a magnitude more concerned about their existence which they ought to be, and um, and of course that escalates uh, tensions and the likelihood that there would be a first strike coming out of Israel. Which, by the way, if the uh, um, uh, Dr. David O'Rour uh, prophecy from I think it was 2011 or something like that, um, but anyway, um, <clears throat> which I played on the show before, it, you know. If that happens, then uh, the Ford Dow facility will get hit with two tactical nukes, and then that will open up the floodgates because now what, it doesn't matter if it's a tactical nuke or what kind of a nuke. Any type of nuclear anything uh, opens up the door for the other side to respond with nuclear stuff as well uh, without getting into the weeds as far as all the different options that they have. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. All right. Next one up. Let me go ahead and zoom in a little bit here um, because there's an awful lot of news and I do have 45 minutes. So that's awesome because I think it, the timing wise, it'll come out just right. And then we'll bring on Dr. Joy and Brother Zen if he can make it. Praise God. All right. Next headline up. Let's head into the news. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? It's not normal. It's just wrong. Uh, wrong. It's not normal. This is disturbing. <laughs> Game over. Russia Today reports Christian patriarch speaks of unique phenomenon occurring in Russia right now. Russia is seeing a spiritual revival as the West faces a spiritual crisis. The head of the Russian Orthodox Church, Patriarch Kirill, said, A revival of traditional Christian values in Russia is a unique phenomenon, the head of the Russian Orthodox Church and Patriarch Kirill said over the weekend, warning that the West has set a course for expelling God from their lives, which, by the way, any of us that peek our heads up from our I'm 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 a fan of comedies from the eighties, you know what I mean? Uh things like Cheers and you know Norm and all that kind of stuff. Uh it takes me away Calgon kind of thing. Uh the jokes are clean. Um, you know, and but anyway, when you do pick your head up out of the apocalyptic uh, you know, hiding place that you might be in at any given moment, um what do you see? Well, you know what you see. Anyway, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. And we'll touch upon that in the news as we um, push our way through it. Thank you, Lord. All right. Next. uh, Let me just double check. I'm not missing anything. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Next headline up. ABC News reports that Donald Trump is indicted for the second time in in classified documents investigation, according to sources. All right. So, again, um, 
the fuss that's going on on Twitter, the fuss that's going on out there is no less dramatic than it was when he was indicted uh, in the New York in the New York courts recently. All right. So, however, there's there are people saying some pretty spooky, creepy things. So we'll just have to see what the Lord has in mind. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. I will say this. Now, now granted, I have openly and admittedly said on this program, based upon some things that I read about, like like I didn't care much for Donald Trump, uh, you know, meeting with um, uh, Kim Jong-un and saying some of the things that he said uh, regarding the pandemic and all that kind of stuff, because, you know, it, it just reeks of either A, incredible ignorance, B, incredible ignorance mixed with unbelievable pride, which means that he would never admit doing anything wrong, even though any anyone with any common sense whatsoever would know that it was incredibly wrong. Um, and I, I know politically speaking, I can sort of see um, if he did admit anything. Like if he if he came forward and said, you know what, I should never have done Operation, you know, whatever to bring forward the the uh, the shots, you know, the vaxes. If he came forward and said, I should never have created the ventilators; they were murder machines. That's what killed my niece. Mary Lynn. All right. If he would say those things, it would be the end for him. Okay. Simple as that. Every single news media outlet that's being controlled by the 20 plus billion dollar uh, satanic. Oh, it's really trillions, folks. It's really trillions. It's trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars of the global satanic crime syndicate. Just Soros is just it's, it was just announced that George Soros is turning over the torch to his son, which means his uh, I think his twenty five billion dollar enterprise is going to hand it over to his son to continue the evil that the Soros empire is committing upon mankind. But then you got all the money from all these other entities, too, and the vast the biggest money are from like the Rockefellers, the Rothschilds, the Vatican. That's where the real big jack is. And when you see somebody like the Pope kissing the hand of a Rockefeller on a, an Illuminati video, that really sets the record straight. <clears throat> because one of the most wealthy agencies in the entire world, hundreds and hundreds of trillions of dollars, more than the most wealthy agency you could even imagine, and then to realize that the Rockefellers have, what, two, three, four hundred times that amount of money tucked away? The, the trick here is that these entities know how to hide the wealth so that it can't be traced. There's not going to be any Hunter Biden, pull down FBI, FOIA requests kind of things happening with the Rockefellers or whatever. And, and even so, you still couldn't touch them. So um, you're talking about hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of trillions of dollars, and that's what they're intending to use to control the world. Now, all that being said, admittedly so, even though I get frustrated with Trump uh, you know, and his pride and all that kind of stuff, at the end of the day, I did see a video recently, and I do want to share this with you in case if you have seen the video, good for you. If you haven't seen the video, no big loss, but I will tell you the gist of it. What it was was one of the leaders – okay, so if you go back to the Committee of 300 um, – how do I do this? This is hard to do. It's such a compl complicated lab – it's a labyrinth 
complicated kaleidoscope of royalty, blue bloods, saint and seed, land of Canaan, interbreeding, wealth over thousands of years, very sick, very twisted, very horrible. Now, all that being said, when you, as part of that empire of darkness, you have an entity or an agency, a group of people, and they are known as the Club of Rome. They are very, very, very powerful, extremely wealthy, okay? Now, they're, they're like the Bilderbergs in the sense that they get together, have committee meetings and stuff like that, and make decisions and, you know, the, all that kind of stuff. There is a man who either used to be part of the Club of Rome or I think he used to be. I think he ejected himself out of it, said, look, I don't want to be a part of this anymore. I, I think he obviously he must be either A, in hiding, or B, so powerful that they can't get to him. Otherwise, they'd kill him for sure. They would definitely kill him. But there is a YouTube video out there of him testifying what happened in 2016. And this, this is a member of the Club of Rome, folks. This is like being inside of a boardroom where Satan is at the head of the table. Okay? He's sitting right there. Okay, so if you're getting in, insider whistleblower information from the Club of Rome, you're getting it right from Satan's mouth. All right. And um, this particular guy said that Donald Trump was an absolute shock to all of them. And it, we have talked about this on this radio show many, many times going back. Oh, oh, my goodness. Even before the radio show was a radio show. I mean, I talked about it on the on the website and everything going back years before that. And we've known um, the folks like Joy Jeffries Pugh and Zen Garcia and those of us who are who were deep diving on these subjects, uh, you know, to 2005, 2006, even before then, the we knew we have known about all this. OK, we've known about the power and the money behind agencies like the Club of Rome, et cetera, et cetera. Well, when you have a whistleblower coming from them and he and he comes right out and he publicly states that they were absolutely astonished. As a matter of fact, their plan was to institute, okay, the global reset while Obama was still in the presidency. Do you understand? I hope you do. And he came forward and he said when Donald, so Hillary taking over, would have simply continued the destruction of the world, the destruction of the West, and all the things that we've seen, the entity that refers to itself as Biden, which we know is not, okay, it, under the control of Obama. You, see, you understand what I'm saying? So the control grid continued even and we saw all the things that happened to Trump. Now, here is the takeaway. Very, very important to get this. This very, very senior executive of the Club of Rome who – is still alive, which is a miracle, considering what he's saying, said that they were going to take the global reset was going to be in effect in 2016. And when Trump came in and won it, it blew their minds. Okay, we've talked about it on this radio show a gazillion times about how no president becomes president. They are assigned it. Okay? All of them. 
I've even got footage of Ronald Reagan at the Bohemian Grove. I've got live fo- photography. I mean, sitting, you know, I've got, oh gosh, terabytes and terabytes and terabytes of evidence. The point I'm trying to make is that when a member, a senior executive member of the Club of Rome comes forward as a whistleblower, putting his life on the line, stating that Donald Trump completely derailed their plans. Be rest assured that that is a very, very significant statement for all of us. I'm not saying he's all good. I'm not saying, but you got to understand the levels of darkness are hundreds. Okay, even Masonry and the Scottish Rite, supposedly, according to the insiders that have come come out and whistleblown, said that the 33 degree level is only a figurative top level of the pyramid of darkness and that it actually goes up to 100 levels and i don't even want to consider what you got to how evil you've got to be to get to one of those levels all right but i wanted you to be aware of that all right enough said all right so again next headline up trump is indicted on classified documents probe and it says in this particular Diddy, little uh, article. It says Trump said that he has been summoned to appear on the federal at the federal courthouse in Miami at 3 p.m. on June the 13th, which would make that this coming Tuesday. All right, so this uh, it's going to be another mess. All right, next headline up. Bill Barr. I do not trust Bill Barr further than I can throw him. I do believe he is a controlled entity, but that's just me and I don't know nothing. All right, but that's my opinion. I saw how he turned on things. I saw he's a turncoat. All right, he's under control. Now, all that being said, this is what he's saying on Fox News Live. Bill Barr says that Trump's indictment is very damning if even half of the indictment is true. Okay, so again, what what does that make you think? It doesn't make me think anything. I have no idea. God is in control. God is the one who's going to make the decision here. At the end of the day, it's just another version of the movie that we all have to tolerate while we're waiting for our evacuation mission to come in. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up. InfoRoars reports, it says, in a sharp spotlight on interplay between national security and individual privacy, newly disclosed, disclosed documents have unveiled that the Department of Homeland Security, DHS, has entered into a contract with the University of Alabama in Birmingham, UAB, in 2018 to develop a project dubbed Night Fury, designed to analyze and assign risk scores to all social media accounts. Folks, I've been telling you, there's no place to hide. That's why the power in the name of the Lord Jesus is your very best friend. Once this deal is cut with the WHO, and these are all LGBT, very sick, very twisted. There's video of the head of the WHO dancing around in a homosexual outfit at a party. We are talking about some of the sickest entities on the face of the earth. And we are absolutely engulfed by them. Satanism has never been as prolific and in our face as it is now. All right, so I, I you know I, I know this is hard to accept, but folks, we are surrounded. It is prolific. It is profound. And if you think you're going to escape the grip of this, the only possible way that you can escape the grip of this evil 
is in the name of Jesus and his blood. That is it. That's why in my prayers, every single morning, I'm like, Father, in the name of Jesus, please assign a platoon of warrior angels on a search and destroy mission. Father, make good eyes blind, good ears deaf in the mighty name of Jesus. Close down all demonic portals in Jesus' name. Vaporize the, these, these fiery darts and weapons, Father God. Punish these demons of darkness. Hit them with your holy fire. Hallelujah. If they even set their wills against me or my loved ones for even a second. Hallelujah. All right, next one up. This headline reads, uh, it shows somebody with Instagram up on their phone. It says, we were right. Pizzagate peddlers feel vindicated about the bombshell reports on Instagram's pedophile network. And they have come out. Um, it's on Wall Street Journal. Major magazines have come out and reported that, yes, Instagram has been um, supporting a humongous pedophile ring for a very, very, very long time. And isn't it fascinating that the way that they would signal to one another is by putting a teeny-weeny emoji of a cheese pizza on their Instagram message to wink, wink, let them know that they are together. They're in on it. They're one of them. Well, all right, next one up. Says that technical tactical nuclear weapons to be are going to be deployed in Belarus by July. What does this mean? Nothing really. Is it going to concern people? Probably so. But you know what? Russia's been sitting there watching NATO with their uh, SM3 missile launchers, uh, call, you know, lying, being lied to to the world that, oh, these are only defensive weapon systems. No, they're not. SM3s can have nuclear tips on them. Period. Okay, so they've been surrounded by nuclear missiles now for forever. All right, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. So this is really no big change in the, in the uh, game of risk that is taking place. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up. The United States Air Force pride flag picture sparks fury. It's a disgrace to our military. A number of right-wing figures have expressed their outrage after the United States Air Force Twitter account shared a silhouette of a soldier saluting in front of a pride flag. Hmm. Next one up, Daily Mail. Headline reads, I'm more political. George Soros, 92, hands the reins over to his son, Alex, who promises to push more than $1.5 billion a year to back liberal causes and far-left candidates. Boy, does that sound familiar. Never think that the predecessor is going to be less than the entity above them. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Next one up. Taipei claims uh, 24 Chinese military jets were detected near the Taiwan Strait on Sunday. So there's an awful lot of saber rattlings with military equipment. You heard the discussion about the uh, ramming event of the Chinese uh, frigate. I guess it was a frigate. I don't know for sure. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, no, there's there's war games and they are going on right now. And we'll, you know, but you know what? Not one single prophecy, not one single prophecy on Taiwan and China. China causing a war. So I'm watching for everything else. Okay, I, I like to have a three-way match. I want a prophecy, dream, or vision from the Lord, and I would like to see it in the Bible 
although that's not absolutely a requirement, because as J. Vernon McGee said in his book, Through, Through the Bible, God hath given us very few details. Okay, so that's not an absolute. All right, but I'd like it if I can find it. All right, and then, um, uh, and then of course, empirical information. So I want to see empirical information that I can confirm through multiple sources of, you know, and you, you might say, well, you can't empirically va- validate anything. Well, no, you can. If you're using Twitter and everybody in the world is walking around with a video camera in their hands, you know, and they're all ABC News and CBS, whatever, and they're located in, uh, you know, Iran or some strange land or Uzbekistan or whatever, and, and the whole world is saying there's been a terrible avalanche and millions of people are dead in Uzbekistan. Well, if you go to Twitter and you can't find a terrible avalanche, uh, you know, video uh, on in Uzbekistan, then you know what? Probably don't want to believe it. All right, next one up. California bill could frame non-affirming parents of trans-identifying kids as abuse, critics say. So if they pass this bill, they will be ripping the children away from their parents. Run away from California as fast as you can. Talk about being owned by Satan. Wow. All right, next one up. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Harbinger's Daily. UNESCO is a key vehicle for injecting occult spirituality into classrooms worldwide. UNESCO. But are any of us surprised? No, of course we're not. We've known that these are satanic entities and agencies now for a long, long time. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up. From American Military News, more than one half of the United States churches have armed church members trained for an active shooter. Y'all know how I feel about that. Not going to get into it. All right. Praise God. As a matter of fact, mm, let's just put it this way. I'm going to play this for you. This is what where we're heading. We're heading into civil war. And... Um, All I know is that Jesus said, he who seeks to save his earthly life will lose it. He who loses his life for my sake will find it. And I'm pretty sure mixed in that statement is eternal life. All right, so something to seriously think about. Our power is over the demons that control these humans. And it's very unfortunate that the church of today does not understand this. Because they would be praying for protection and angels to be around their churches, and they wouldn't have to worry about this nonsense. All right? But, unfortunately, the church of today is a mess. All right, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Um, I'm, I'm going to skip the next two, but Kerry Lake made a threatening comment about, you know, to defending Donald Trump. We're all, you know, National Rifle Association holders. And she said, this is not a threat. She goes, this is a, um, a public service announcement. And everybody in the audience is cheering. Another man who is employed by Breitbart News, they took the tweet down, but the guy uh, had said, now they took the tweet down for sure, but the guy had said on there, he's like, you're going to call me a terrorist? You're going to call me a terrorist? And then he looks directly into the camera. He's a blonde-haired, curly blonde-haired guy, and he looks directly into the camera, and he says, war. Yep. The whole thing lasted all of about 12 seconds, and they took it down. 
But that is the mindset that is brewing out there. All right? But we already know about it. Dimitri Dudeman in his book, Through the Bible, saw uh, a, uh, a, uh, a civil war breaking out in the central part of the United States. Um, you know, the list goes on. David, David Wilkerson, same thing. Uh, you know, we, we also have, uh, I think it was Hank Kuhneman or one of those, uh, got, had a vision and he saw gunpowder in the shape of an X across the United States of America. And the gunpowder was lit in the central part of the X. It's coming. But where are we? On our knees in prayer with the power of the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. We are citizens of heaven. Our citizenship is in heaven. We carry our cross to Golgotha. Thank you, Jesus. All right, next one up. Security ramps up ahead of the Trump court appearance. Researchers, law enforcement monitoring now pouring a Trump's arraignment as Trump's arraignment approaches. Okay, so we know this is going to be a big deal. We're just going to have to wait and see how it all pans out. All right, next headline up. All right, praise God. This is from military.com. It's not a light tank. Army unveils new armored combat vehicle. So again, it's talking about, it says, for the first time in decades, the Army is fielding a new capability to support the infantry units. It is called the NM, Michael, M10 Combat Vehicle. The service unveiled the vehicle this week, Pentagon briefing. The M10, which took four years to select and procure, resembles something between a Soviet BMP-2 amphibious infantry fighting vehicle and a small Abrams tank. Okay. <laughs> I'm sure they'll just send them all over the Ukraine. All right, next one up. All right, Epic Times reports, back on the campaign trail, Trump calls 37 counts of federal charges absolutely ridiculous. But what does Bill Barr say? If even half of them are true, they're very damning. I'm like, uh, here we go again. I saw a meme on Twitter, and I, I just... I sent it to my sister because, you know, sometimes you just got to laugh at the insanity. It was a Babylon Bee. And, of course, they're, you know, a uh, – they're, uh, you know, kind of like a cynical um, – uh, what do they call it? Uh, but they, they, they're not serious, but it's funny. And and they put a picture of Donald Trump standing be, beside um, uh, uh, Hunter Biden. And, and then the headline re- read, it said, Donald Trump is going to Donald Trump's new running mate is Hunter Biden. It's the only way he can get these people to stop trying to sue him. You know, or something like that. So anyway, it, it's just absolute insanity. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up. Elon Musk issues a warning about the justice system after the Trump indictment. Elon Musk issued a warning to the Department of Justice after former President Donald Trump was indicted on multiple federal charges on Thursday. He said there does seem to be a far higher interest in pursuing Trump compared to other people in politics, Musk wrote in a Twitter post on Thursday night, responding to a comment made by a prominent user on the platform. Very important that the justice system rebut what appears to be uh, differential enforcement or they will be they will lose the public trust uh hey musk i got news for you buddy (laughs) okay or they'll lose the public trust excuse me or did you say or you're not paying attention (laughs) this makes you want to rip your hair out
not normal. Wow. Next one up. Little sister takes charge. Listen to this, folks. Listen to this. What did I say earlier? Helter Skelter! Helter Skelter! Little sister takes charge as Kim Jong-un morphs into a Vegas-era Elvis Presley. Okay, so, again, I don't know what's going on here. Uh, it says Kim Young, uh, Yo Young, which is the evil Helter Skelter little sister, is becoming the dynasty's voice of authority as Intel reports claim her little brother is spiraling into a dependency on booze and sleeping pills and imported cheeses. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. So what does that mean? All I can tell you is, folks, Elder Skelter, look in those eyes. Look in those eyes. Hmm. Next one up. Trump, United States left without ammunition due to military assistance to the Ukraine. Former United States President Trump said on Saturday that military assistance to the Ukraine has led to the depletion of United States ammunition stocks. Right now, we don't have any ammunition. Ukraine has the ammunition, all of it. Uh, just about Trump said, speaking to the Republicans in, a, in, in the state of Georgia, Trump noted that the United States during his presidency had so much ammunition, and now we have very little ammunition to protect even ourselves. But we've known about that for quite some time. Next one up. The Japanese Defense Ministry extends order to destroy North Korean missile in case of a threat. So the Japan's ramping up their defenses because they're creeped out about the things going on with Little Miss Helder Skelter. Next one up. Exclusive crashed UFO recovered by the United States military distorted space uh, and time, leaving one in investigator nauseous and disoriented when he went in and discovered it was much larger inside than it was on the outside, attorney for the whistleblower reveals. All right. So, um, yeah, it just keeps on getting weirder and weirder. Oh, wait a minute. Did I forget to put the um, – here, I'm going to have to find that. Hold on a second. Uh, Las Vegas family claims um, to see aliens after several report um, eight news now. Enter. I want to get the exact report that I pulled up earlier. Yeah, there it is. Hold on. Well, that ain't it. Ah, dag nabbit. Please don't let me down. Hold on a second. See if this one's it. Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Okay. Okay, so let me go ahead and hit the pause button. It's queued up. All right, let's go back up a couple more. All right, next one up. Media blames climate change for Canadian wildfires despite arrest of multiple arsonists. No surprises there. Isn't it fascinating that there was actually a Simpsons episode out there? I forget which one it was. Let me see if I can find it here. I think I sent it to... I, I don't always send these to every single person because it takes so long. But here... Oh, yeah, here it is. So evidently, the Simpsons episode number 76 prediction had a dragon flying around uh, a forest, above a forest, uh, and the Simpson family was watching the dragon setting forest fires all over the place. Hmm. 
Well, that's fascinating because there was also a uh, film of a helicopter flying over a forest, dropping flames down on the ground. But then they say, our, uh, this is a headline here, RCMP, the Royal Canadian Mounted Police. <laughs> Charge, you know, they're not very mounted when they're driving around their little police cars, are they? <laughs> you know, it's like a horse is a horse, a horse, a horse, la, 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 or whatever. RCMP charges Alberta woman with 32 counts of arson after spring wildfires. Oh, my goodness. Another headline. Listen to this. So far, 12 Oregon counties have voted to secede from liberal Western Oregon instead of being part and, and, and instead become part of Idaho. The measure would require the state legislature to approve it and uh, and an act of Congress, which doesn't appear likely. Liberals who hold the majority goes on to say, that, you know, believe this, that and the other thing, whatever. So but they're serious. And there are other states as well with uh, secession. Um, request congressional stuff going on uh yeah and they mean it too all right now we're back on to that uh las vegas family claims to see the alien after several reports of something falling from the sky so let me go ahead and see if i can find this and play it for you they will be talking about thanks for joining us here at six o'clock i'm denise valdez i'm brian loftus the family says something crashed into their backyard prompting them to call 911 saying they saw creatures walking around our eight news now investigators digging into this for weeks now and tonight our david charns with the video you will only see on eight news now david brian denise sources telling baby news that investigators that several agencies believe something landed or crashed whether it was non-humans or not it certainly scared the people living on this property. Now, before we show you that video, listen to their call for help. There's like an eight-foot person beside it, and another one's inside, and it has big eyes and looking at us, and it's still there. Okay, where is this on your property? Uh, in my backyard. I swear to God, this is not a joke. This is actually weird. So there's, two, terrified it. So there's two people or two subjects that are in your backyard? Correct, and they're very large. They're okay. like eight foot, nine feet, ten foot. I don't know. They're, they look like they look like aliens to us. Big eyes. They have big eyes, okay. like like I can't explain it. And big mouth. They're shiny eyes, and and they're not human. They're hundred percent they're not human. Okay. Well, the eight news now investigators obtaining video as the officers then responded to the call you just heard. You'll see the officers also saw something in the sky that night, but the big question is, what was it, and is it all connected? It's almost midnight on May 1st when a Las Vegas Metro Police officer's body cam catches this, something flashing low in the sky. 911 emergency. Minutes later. There's, a, there's like an eight-foot person beside it, and another one's inside, and it has big eyes and looking at us, and it's still there. Someone calls 911 reporting two large figures in their backyard. Oh, I'm so nervous right now. The 8 News Now investigators obtaining another officer's video as he's sent to the Northwest Valley home. I have butterflies, bro. I've only thought of shooting star. Then these people say there's aliens in their backyard. By now, it's more than an hour after that bright light. Officers meeting up with the caller and his family. What'd you see? It was like a. 
was like a big creature. A big creature? Yeah, like a long sexy top. I'm not going to BS you guys. One of my partners said they saw something fall out of the sky, too, so that's yes. why I'm kind of curious. Did yeah, you see anything land in your backyard? Or? They see like a big, that's what they say. They see like a big, uh, like a big something with light. What I saw right now, I do believe in it. Police walk into the backyard to investigate, but Metro blacked out that part of the video because it's considered private property. What's clear? They're taking this call That's seriously. a bunch of bunk. Hey, this might sound like a really dumb question, but did you guys see anything fall out of the sky? Asking others what they yeah. saw. Uh, I would normally discount it as nothing. However, um, seeing as one of my partners said they saw it too, only reason I'm actually investigating it further. That investigation turning up no concrete answers as of Wednesday. Whatever or whoever fell into that yard, long gone within minutes. Oh, hey. If, they, if, those, if those nine foot beings come back, don't call us, all right? Deal with it yourself. That, I ain't dealing with that. <laughs> so, yeah, this is quite weird, Brian was saying, during, as we're watching this story. Now, we've been in, been in contact with the family in that video, and as you heard in that 911 call, they seem very reasonable mm -hmm. and honestly quite scared, as you heard them in the call. No, um, it, they don't seem impaired in any way. And whatever crashed by the time that police got there was gone, but sources say that there's really no dispute. Something was in their yard exactly what? We do not know. I mean, it's so interesting. So, like, the metro officers see something. The neighbors see something. I mean, so what could it be? Well, we know that there are obviously a lot of military bases around this area. Uh, George Knapp covers a lot of that stuff for us on the 80s Now Investigators. We're showing you drone video from above that area. And we know, of course, Creech not far away, Nellis Air Force Base not far. I checked in with them. They say they are not Nellis. involved at all, and we are waiting to hear from the Pentagon as well. Hmm. And you talk to these people. It seemed completely legitimate to you. And, and do you have any personal thoughts on maybe what it was? Right. So it seems from talking to our sources that something happened. There was obviously some flash in the sky. A lot of people saw it that night on uh, the night of April 30th, early in the morning on May 1st. Did that exact thing land in their yard? I don't know. But... These people said they saw some SUV circling the area. Could this, have, could this have been some piece of equipment that malfunctioned? Maybe they saw something and then someone came. I can't believe we're talking about this. <laughs> right. Someone came and Picked retrieved it, it from the backyard <laughs> right. in the SUV. We don't know. This all comes as uh, a former high-level intelligence officer, an air a veteran, was on News Nation talking about how there is a program where the government collects some unidentified objects. So this might be that we just don't know we're going to work to find and, out though and no Brian, substances they were looking no with clear substances. eyes Good. very interesting not big form. buggy eyes though, this, like is, <laughs> this is really unique thank you david in the nellis air force base area many high school graduations oh, hold have already on. Come oh you be quiet all right <clears throat> nellis <laughs> nellis is a hot spot for uh otherworldly beings. Anyway, next one up. All right. United States in possession of 12 non-human spacecraft government contractors claim. Okay. And without going into all that, it's a lot more than 12. Bob Lazar, where are you? In... Anyway, next one up. All right. Canadian wildfires intensify, could last all summer. Another headline. Genetically engineered salad greens coming to your grocery store. And no, they will not be labeled. So enjoy. Next one up. 
London supermarket foreshadows incoming World Economic Foreign Dish, uh, Forum Digital Prisons. And so this one guy goes in and he takes in his camera and he goes in an Aldi shopping thing and he's got all these... They're scanning everybody. It, it's it's growing more and more and more and more and more and more and more. You know what? I'm just forget it. I'm overweight anyway, and I hear that fasting for like a really, 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 really long time, like 30 days, 40 days, that kind of thing, water fasting, it'll just clear out every single bad bug, bad cell, bad disease, bad parasite. It is the best way to cleanse yourself, detox, like, and get ready for the flight off this alien demon infested rock. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up. New energy market order, Russia, China, Iran, sign over a dozen new trade agreements, mostly concerning energy. And then it says in this little thing, report, it says Moscow signed at least 10 new corporate, corporate agreements with Iran for the benefit of both of their oil sectors. On May 18th, China similarly signed a new cooperative agreement with Iran. Uh, again, it's just all of them are doing business. They're doing great business. They're making tons of money. And the only uh, sectors of the, of the world, really, that are suffering are exactly what it says in Behold a Pale Horse in the Bible, which is talking about World War III, and it says one quarter of the earth will face death. Well, guess who that is? Canada, the United States, New Zealand, Australia. Um, uh, Who did I miss? Canada, the United States, New Zealand, Australia, um, uh, oh, oh, of course, and the European Union. All right, and we see it all happening. It's right before our very eyes. The Bible is reading like a newspaper. Next one up. About 10,000 people evacuated in the Philippines due to the threat of a volcanic eruption. Authorities in the province of Albay in the Philippine Islands of Luzon began evacuating 10,000 people on Friday due to the threat of an eruption on Man Volcano, Philippine media stated. Next one up. Uh, Washington Free Beacon, the Department of Homeland Security awarded 750000 grant to the SPLC partner to inoculate teens against extremism. Hmm. Well, they have a vaccine for everything. Yep, just hold them down and inject lithium right into their brain cells. All right, here we go. Next one up. Russia Today reports two Ukrainian missiles intercepted over Crimea area, according to the region leader. So Ukraine is continuing to provoke, and we will see what happens. All right, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Next one up. News reports a toddler in North Korea was sentenced for life, life in prison, because their parents were caught with a Bible. So the little kid is in prison for the rest of his life. Next one up. Epic Times reports Trump can run for president while being indicted, and here's the main reason why. The only way he can be disqualified uh, is if they can prove that he actually fought in the Civil War for the South. If he fought for the Civil War in the South in 1863 or whatnot, he's out, Dershowitz said in the Epic Times. But other than that, if he's 35 years old, was born in America, and didn't fight in the Civil War... He's eligible to run for the president, even from prison. And then, while he's in prison, he can, you know, what do they call that? Uh, uh, Pardon himself. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, next one up. 
Christmas News reports, God is still alive. Nigerian Christians remain hopeful in face of religious persecution. Fulani terrorists have reportedly killed hundreds of Christians, displacing thousands of residents and destroying over 30 church buildings in central Nigeria since mid-May. 28 church buildings, 2,000 houses, 150 trailer loads of grain blown up. And I see pictures of crying Nigerian Christians. And you know what? That disturbs me deeply. Next one up. Israel simulates Iran war after Tehran cleared of nuclear allegations. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu renewed his threats of military action against Iran and its nuclear facilities on June 4th while holding an underground mock assessment um, uh, with the security cabinet in his coordination with Israel's ongoing military drills. He's looking at his watch in the picture. Next one up. Watch Tucker Carlson's Twitter shows. It surpassed 100 million views. That would be one-third of the United States has watched it. It was only 12 minutes long, and, of course, it has launched a lawsuit. We will see where that goes. Next one up, Washington Free Beacon. Saudis say that they're moving ahead with a nuclear program with or without the United States as they stand there beside Xi Jinping. Where do you think they're going to get the nuclear weapons? Oh, let me think this over. Gosh, it's so complicated. Next one up. Uh, Washington Post reports Saudi crown prince threatened major economic pain on the United States amidst an oil feud. So he's basically come out and said, I'm going to raise the cost of a barrel of oil really high. And y'all in the United States who have made me very upset are going to feel the pain. Next one up. The United States cannot recruit enough Green Berets. The United States Army has reportedly failed to meet its enlistment quotas for special forces known as the Green Berets. Uh, for four of the past five years, as recruiters struggle to find enough applicants who are qualified and willing to become LGBT LMNOP. If they are unwilling to become LGBT LMNOP and walk around in drag, they cannot join the Green Berets. Okay, I made that part up. All right, next one up. Probably how they feel, though. All right, headline reads, Canadian elementary students forced to watch drag show in school gym to celebrate Pride Month. And I can tell you that West Coast Walter was extremely disturbed and was texting me during last week's work week to let him let me know that, yes, even they, I can't mention the name of the company, but uh, mm, 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 were forced to enjoy the splendor of a drag queen show on work premises. Next one up. Federal judge rules against Tennessee law prohibiting drag queen shows for children. So a federal judge, who is absolutely owned, you can tell, from the Global Santana Crime Syndicate, probably had his family uh, threatened, the life of his family threatened. They are under absolute and utter total control, and there is nothing that anybody can do. And this federal judge basically told the Tennessee lawmakers, no, you cannot prohibit drag queens from showing their private parts to tiny little children. Tough bananas. Hmm. Next one up. 
Putin fuels World War III fears with nuclear weapons deployment to Belarus next month. We already talked about this a little bit earlier. We also talked about the Instagram network of pedophiles using little pizza icons. And there's a lot of chitter-chatter all over the Internet right now suggesting that Mel Gibson is going to put a four-part documentary out there ratting out the pedophile networks and the satanic stuff going on in Hollywood. And that's been going on for about the last four or five days. However, now it appears that there is uh, a whole lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of reports from many, many different sources. Now, you know what? If it was only MSNBC and it was only CNN and it was only Yahoo News and it was only this and only that and only this and only – I would consider it to be Pro. However, when I was looking around, probing around, trying to figure it out, seeing if I could find any indication that maybe this is COINTEL, counterintelligence, I wasn't able to. Now, do I know for sure? No, I don't. Because there's so many lies being told, so many lies being told, that it is getting harder and harder to correlate the data and sort out, even with really good critical thinking skills, what the truth is. However, I will say this. There is an astonishing amount of reports from a incredibly diverse number of sources out there that say that Gibson is not producing an underground railroad uh, child sex trafficking documentary. Now, what do I think? I think this. If he is, he probably has the lifespan of a housefly. Enough said. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. And on that note, let's go ahead and bring on Dr. Joy Jeffries Pugh and Brother Zen Garcia, if he was able to make it. I don't know, but we will see. And here we go. God, hallelujah. Uh, Dr. Joy, are you there? Yes. Hi, John. How are you tonight? Hey. Doing good. Doing good. It um, doesn't look like uh, uh, Brother Zen uh, is able to join us tonight, but that's okay. I know he's uh, probably still working on a gazillion things associated with the conference. How did it go? It was a great conference. I met so many people from across the United States all the way to Hawaii. And we just had a huge number of people. I, I was expecting more maybe local people, but there were people from everywhere. I mean, all the states and different places. And I was just really, really, really impressed by the conference that Zen and, and Joy and Justin all put together to bring people to a greater understanding about what's going on in the world. And um, I was really excited because at that conference was the first time I laid eyes on my new book, Be Smart, End of Days. And so I had the chance to be able to sign a lot of copies and actually gave out of my book. <laughs> I, mean, I sold out. So that was a that was a really great thing to be able to uh to have that opportunity to talk about my book and to, you know, give a presentation and really have people ask a lot of questions and and really have them, you know, buy the book and then come back the next day if they were, you know, looking at it or reading in it and be able to ask a lot of questions. It was a real thrill for me. I've written a lot of books, but I've never had a book come out and me be at a conference and then have people who were there who had 
read my work in the past that were really there to get to meet me and, and to talk about some of the research that I had done. And for them to be able to to listen to the presentation and, and buy my new book and then have time to maybe read in it and ask some questions, it, it was just really phenomenal. It was an opportunity really I would think of a lifetime. Most of the time when you're an author and your book comes out, you're kind of like, you know, you, you kind of find out about it. It comes in the mail and like, hey, congratulations. You start thinking about what else am I going to start to write now. So it was uh, it was really a, a, a fun thing to uh, to really have a platform to be able to discuss the book and then have people ask questions and that kind of thing. So I, I, really, I really had a wonderful time. And the people that I met from around this country, are really very concerned about our future and, and where we're headed in regard to the end of days. Uh, I wish it was where you could have been there, John. It would have been even greater if you had been there. And um, I, I do, in my in my new book, I do quote you. So <laughs> you do appear oh, no. as John Baptist, host of Tribulation Now. That's funny. Book, yeah, you know, I had, uh, I had um, who was it? I'm trying to remember who it was, and they said um, they they were so kind, and they were like, um, "Oh, we really, I, I really need you." Oh, I know who it was. It was Brother Sammy Mwangi from Pipes International, and he said that they're getting together, uh, and he wanted me to, to to be a part of it, even if it was recorded over a Zoom session. Um, but the problem that I have is, so you have to imagine. The only way I can do it is through analogy. You have to imagine, uh, and I don't want this to sound the wrong way. I'm just using this analogy because it fits so well. So you have to imagine a person who is in essentially a classified or highly sensitive position, like a criminal lawyer that works for the federal government. You know, there's a reason why I use, you know, a nom de plume, okay? <laughs> you know, a pseudonym. Exactly. Johnny Baptist, because, you know, if, if a video finds itself on its way to the Internet of me talking about the stuff that I love to talk about, which is about the Lord in the end times, I'm done. I'm, uh, it's over for me. I will not be able to ever work in my profession ever, ever, ever again. You're not, nobody's going to hire a criminal lawyer. Okay, to come into a courthouse when he's talking about aliens and creepy, weird things and, you know, graphene oxide nanoparticle nanobots inside. of you know, They're going to be like, you're nuts. And, um, you know, and that would be the end of it for me. And I had to explain it made me broke my heart. I mean, I really wanted to help out Sammy. I wanted to come up there. But right now I'm assigned to, believe it or not, a 14 billion dollar company in Canada and a really tight, uh, unbelievably tight deadline. And everything that could have gone wrong with the project went wrong. Everything that could have gone right with the project went right. However, the unfortunate part is that I'm down to like the last four weeks to get everything done. And um, if I so much as take off one extra day, my boss is going to be like, Anyway, so I looked at the whole big picture. I priced out the plane flights. I priced out the hotels. I thought it over, thought it over, and looked at my schedule with my client, and I was like, I hung my head down, and I was, I was kind of brokenhearted. I was like, I can't. I can't. It'll be the end of me. And I, I wanted to come <laughs> so bad. 
you know, I don't. To me, it's well, like I know people. You know what I mean? I know people. They email me and they say, Johnny, we want you to be there. We want to meet you. And I get all that. But on the flip side of it, I thought to myself, you know, I really want to meet you. I've already met Zen. I haven't met Gary yet, so I'd love to meet Gary. But honestly, the rest of them, I don't even know who they are. <laughs> you know, you know, it's and and, and <laughs> well, so, so, so the other people, you know, you know what I mean. So I thought about it, and I was like, I better behave because if I lose my job, <laughs> it's not going to be good. Well, you know? I, you, you mean a, you mean a lot to me, and and I have been able to share uh, so much research. Research. I mean, I was looking at this as the fifty second show of us doing this monthly thing together. And I just could not, you know, thank you enough for all those years ago before we ever started doing the monthly show that you allowed me to come on your program and really be able to talk about some of the things that were very dear to my heart and and very spot on with my research that clearly have come to pass. And so, you know, having that platform that you gave me a long, long time ago to reach out to people who would listen and have interest in it, you know, I'm sure that. Like I say, there were a lot of people there, and they would tell me, you know, I heard you on John's show. You know, I listened to you and Zen, and y'all are on John's show, and they always were making very great comments. And that's how I've been able to do the ministry that God called me to do, because it's not a ministry for people in a little church sitting somewhere. My ministry is to reach people from, you know, around the world, and your program has allowed me to do that. And I cannot thank you enough. And, And I laughed because when I was on my uh, acknowledgments and dedication page in this book, I wanted to say something to you about you, you know, really bad because it's, it, it really has been um, that you have helped give me inspiration in times when sometimes the, the going kind of got really tough and the type of work that I do and then some of the things that happened in my life and how Satan really does have a lot of play on people who are trying to expose him. But I wanted to read because you actually sent me something one time, and I was really feeling very down about the attack and and how Satan plays the game. And so I wrote this uh, in my acknowledgments and dedication, and I said, and I quote you, we are the most hunted on earth right now by Satan's army. God is our refuge, and being separated from all others is a sign that God is keeping us holy and fully dependent upon him alone. A hard pill to swallow, but an amazing thing to finally understand. And, of course, I give you credit as John Baptist hosts the tribulation now. But I just wanted to make sure that you knew that because of the opportunity that you've given me and the correct way to handle a lot of things that we've had to go through and and maybe be condemned by people who didn't pay attention or were just thinking conspiracy theory, you gave my work credibility. And I thank you for that. So you you will be under your pseudonym. <laughs> You're still hidden, but thank you. That's so that funny. To me How really can the most great inspiration, Doctor Joy? Now let's let's analyze that kind statement that you just made. How can the most incredible person on podcasts and radio add credibility? I'm joking. <laughs> you know, I don't really find out about it. You know what I mean? I don't really find – I just tell yeah. people, look, you know, I'm just another version of George Nari. <laughs> you know? but, exactly. Um, but you, yeah. you, you bring it to the truth. 
Yeah, really. I mean, you know, um, you try to I find need, the truth. Yeah, but I need you. I need Zen. I need Gary. I need other people. You know, nobody would listen to Coast to Coast AM, AM if it was the George Norrie Alien Show. They would be like, "Who's this yo-yo?" <laughs> he has to bring on other people to confirm the stuff that he already knows. It's not that he doesn't know it. It's that he has to bring on the authors who are the true experts that have done the deep digging. OK, you know, and, 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 and you're right. It's you know, it's a web. It's um, I don't know what you want to call it. It's very much like how it was during the apostles time on the earth. Word spreads. People, you know, are all over the place. I had one time. I know you've had stuff like this happen to you, too. But I had um, one person email me and he said, John, you don't understand. You think you're seeing this many people listening to the show. And he said, I'm from the Philippines, and we gather together by the hundreds, and we listen mm. to the show together. So what happens is you don't know. I had the same thing happen in, in Africa. And so I got a call from a divine healing pastor out in Oregon area, and he said to me, there was this woman outside the church after this ceremony or you know, the church service was over. And she was bawling, and she needed additional counseling, and he went out, and they prayed together, and she was feeling a, you know, a gazillion times better. And then he said to her, I don't recognize you. Um, you know, uh, do, how do I know you, and, and how did you find me? And she goes, I heard you on that Johnny Baptist on Tribulation Now, and I had to come and find you. <laughs> like, oh, my gosh. Right. It's like you don't really realize it, you know? You don't you don't realize the impact that you're making on the world. And that's one thing that was very humbling to me at this conference. <laughs> you know, I, I I don't feel like a celebrity. I just do research and I really put my mind to what I do. And most of the stuff that I have to do, I have to do alone. So it was pretty wild when you, the door opens on the elevator and somebody screams, "Oh my gosh, it's Dr. Joy!" <laughs> you know? And they're they're like in awe of your work and and, and nowhere you know have I ever seen this person other than they've heard me on your shows and other shows, and they were just, I mean, it just gave me this most humbling experience. I, I don't have, like, a congregation with a church that you can see people every day, like you're talking about, and know, are you getting to them, and is it making a difference, or is it making them mad, or you know what? Uh, when we do what we do, we we really don't ever get to see the people that really follow us. And so this conference was a great uh, experience for me, to meet people that I would never have met or would never have known had I not, you know, been on the podcast like with this. And I will tell you that the other day I got an email from a man in South Africa, and he was wanting my new book, Be Smart, and he said he heard it on Tribulation Now. So, I mean, it's like you are. You are being heard around the world. But but that becomes your 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 new parishioners or whatever, or your, you know, your congregation is out in, in cyberspace, but they're real and they're, they're needing it and they're wanting it. And so, yeah. you know, that was a, a real oh, amazing thing something. to be able to see so, your congregation at a distance. So, so here's something kind of trippy. So, so, um, so blog talk rate. So over the years has been 12 plus or approaching 12 <clears throat> in July. It'll be 12. But anyway, um, 
over the years, I've had so many people say, oh, you need to convert over to YouTube. You'll have high fidelity. Your sound will be so much better. You need to convert over to Facebook. You need to convert over to Facebook. And I'm like, no, you know, in my spirit, I just feel like I need to stay right where I am. I just feel in my spirit I need to. And now, guess what? All the YouTube stuff was getting flagged. I told Jimmy Buchanan. That's he's right. the one who's been handling all and Now, I said, Jimmy, jump it over on um Oh, what you call it? One of the other ones that doesn't. Uh, but anyway, uh, and, and so I said, just move all of it. Yeah, Rumble. Just move everything over to Rumble. Forget about it. Just you know, don't worry, and um, we'll just keep on going. But um, but anyway, it it is so weird because okay. So here's the other piece I wanted to add to that. The other piece was Blog Talk Radio started telling. They sent out these emailograms to all their hosts, and they said. Prepare for moving to high fidelity. We're going to HD. And they're sending out warningograms, oh. warningograms, warningograms. And I'm telling them, no, no, don't include me. Don't include me because part of the deal is you have to, you're going to lose all your audio bites that you've uploaded to the radio show because they don't meet the high, the HD. Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. And I have over 300 audio bites of people talking about reptilians, news reports of mass oh, yeah. graves, stuff that you can – it's irreplaceable. It's gone. The, there's no place on the Internet in the entire Internet that this stuff exists except on my blog talk, uh, you know, 200-plus audio bite collection. Okay? So I'm like, please, please don't do that. But there was another part. The other part was I knew – that if they went to HD, it would be cutting people off all over the world. When they, they bumped it up mm-hmm. a little teen 10 years ago, and I got an email. I don't remember where it was from, but it's some really far away place out in the South Pacific. And they're like, we're having to listen to it over dial-up modem, and now it takes us like three hours to download the show. Yes. And I'm like, oh, yes. no. We penetrate into Pakistan. They block YouTube over there. Yes. For real. Well, that's, so that's what I'm a talking about stuff. is that, yeah, you, you have been very blessed to be smart enough to stay ahead of the game. Because it is. It's going to corral people, and it's going to get rid of anything that they that we have in our files. I mean, that's one thing that I have not wanted to get rid of any of my files, and my files are getting so big. I'm like, do I need to build a, a whole room on to ha- handle files? Because there's some things that I have in my files that are no longer available on the Internet. You can't find it anywhere, and I don't want to get rid of it because it's, you can't find yep. that information anymore. So you're right. It's it, it, If you go to those different platforms, they they know what they're doing, John. It It makes us think, oh, great technology, and they build it up. It's like anything like that. And that's why, you know, this new book that I've written, uh, Be Smart, it shows in that book how it's going to make it look so perfect, so everything's going to be, this is just technology, and this is where we're headed with this artificial intelligence, and it's just going to be the greatest thing since peanut butter. And people jump on the bandwagon and not looking at the science, not looking at what they're giving up. You know, it's just like smoke and mirrors, really. It It's incredibly, it's, it's unbelievable. Yeah, it is. It's very scary. Yeah. Here, I, this is only a, a, like a 57-second clip, but let me just throw this out there. You'll never find this on the Internet. Good luck. 
Good luck, you folks out there. God bless you. But you're never going to find this on the Internet. This was right after the Charlie Hebdo event. Remember that? And, uh, you know, uh, somebody at Charlie Hebdo in France, which is basically a news agency, had made fun of Muhammad in a cartoon. And then there was this massive attack and people were running guns and shooting everybody. Well, what they, what, you know, but there were also crisis actors that were involved. And they always right. had crisis actors. Like in Jan Six, just like in uh, you know uh, Sandy Hook, the mistake that Alex Jones made was he didn't realize that they combine they combine the crisis actors with what's really happening. You cannot. So that's where he really screwed up and set himself up. But listen to this. Listen, this is an amazing report from a person on the scene at Charlie Hebdo. Listen, listen to what they say. This is incredible. Here is a Paris-based American listen. journalist for the Daily Beast. She's written about this, and she joins me from Paris. You talked, uh, Dana, to some of these French Muslims who say this was all a conspiracy. What do they mean? Well, um, I went out to what they call the suburbs of France, which are not what Americans think of as suburbs. They're really the housing projects. They're outside Paris, and there are a couple areas inside Paris where a lot of poor Muslims live. And I talked to a cross-section of mainly French-Algerian young men who said... It was pretty much, they felt, the attacks were actually a conspiracy by the Jews to make Muslims look bad. And they told me that they, one person told me that, in fact, they weren't just regular Jews that were doing this. In fact, they were a race of magical Jews, shape-shifting Jews that were master manipulators and could be everywhere at the same time. Shape-shifting. (laughs) Shape-shifters. I mean, come on, on mainstream Paris news after Charlie Hebdo. Anyway, I just, you mm-hmm. know, it's, you know what I mean? And, you know, it's like nowadays you got to take a snapshot of every doggone website that you find any good news on because three days later it's going to be gone. It's crazy. That's right. Uh, it is crazy, and, it, and it's only going to get worse because surveillance to the point of cutting in to change our history so that you have nothing to go back and be able to pull and prove whatever happened. I mean, they can totally rewrite it within certain generations after the people that, you know, have knowledge of how it was are gone. Then that new generation will not have any knowledge of it. So you can give them any kind of thing you want to give them and they'll be, you know, suckered into believing it. And that's exactly where I think we are looking at the end of days is that they're changing everything and it's all being done in a little subtle way that you don't pay attention to it and then it's gone and they're kind of wagging the dog in other directions and then when you think, well, I think I remember it was like so-and-so, you go back and try to find it and you can't find it. Well, you know, with technology like it is today, you move on to something else because everything is coming at you at 100 miles an hour and you just become something like uh, a lost thought. And you don't ever think about it again. And, and the way that things are speeding up and the technology is getting like it is, you are wanting to get into the new technology and learn it and that kind of thing. And so um, the, it's bad. I mean, Satan knows what he's doing by bringing all the technology that he's doing at the last at the end of days like this because it offers people what they believe to be luxury and better ways of doing stuff. But it's kind of like I said a long time ago, probably on one of your shows, that my grandmother grew up at a time when they didn't have handheld calculators. And she could add and subtract and do all kinds of mathematical things in her head because she had to learn how to do it within her brain. 
and you know she could go into a store and somebody could say what well, 60% off and you got additional 20% off and then she could she could have it all added up in her head with the sales tax and the whole nine yards and, and actually beat the cash register. So you know we got used to using the calculators and whatever and now you got to a point that you go to buy something and if the electricity's off. They're like, well, we can't take your money because, you know, we don't really know how to give you change back. I mean, it's really to the point that when you think that the technology has made you more intelligent, it's actually made you a lot more less intelligent because now you're depending on the technology instead of knowing it within yourself. And that's the thing that, um, you know, when I was doing this work for the B-Smart, I saw that the technology that for us to keep up with artificial intelligence, our brain cannot do that. We we literally cannot think in immediate real time. If you're if it's a particular subject that you're maybe really good at, but in a computer situation in artificial intelligence, it's on everything. It's on every known whatever. And nobody has an ability to really go above that. I mean you go back and look at when Wilson was on Jeopardy and answering questions and it doesn't have to think it's it's already in real time for the knowledge to be there and and mankind doesn't have that capability so as we move into the end of days to be able to keep up with that artificial intelligence we've got to be connected to it and you know what my book is showing you that anatomically that we are biologically a computer and that we function off of electromagnetic waves and that in doing an interface with your brain and connecting you to that artificial intelligence and then monitoring you with these these satellites that are up there that Elon Musk has put up, I mean, that's the only way that you're going to be able to keep up with artificial intelligence. And, you know, I'm already encountering some of the things that I'm, I'm involved with. It was a, a day that I tried to do something um, with a problem with a bill. And um, it came up that you had to, you know, give them a voice uh, kind of, they wanted to make my voice into some type of uh, what I would call like a uh, a database. And it was more like it was going to become robotic in a way for it to deal with the artificial intelligence that was taking care of this new process. In other words, I couldn't get a customer service agent to talk with me and I could not get it resolved. So in other words, if I didn't give them permission to use my voice to change it and give me a voice ID, a robotic voice sound, that I was not able to resolve the issue. So in other words, either Bio I do it their way or I end up having right. to pay the bill, which was incorrect. So you get a choice, yep. and that's like the, the mark of the beast or the beast mark like I'm talking about. You're going to get a choice. But it's not a good choice that you have to, you know, because I, I ended up paying the bill and I didn't know it because I did not want to do that ID on my voice like that. It was terrible. I, I was not going to do that for that yeah. reason. It wasn't enough for me to have to be I, concerned I, I, about it, but that's where we're headed. No, I know. I, you know, uh, so, okay, so since I've been involved in extremely high-tech stuff, oh, goodness gracious sakes alive. I mean, if I if I if I really go back in time, like when I was nine yeah. years old, I was into shortwave radio. My dad was very permissive, at, you know, because he he wanted me to be smart and foster. He wanted to support me, and I did 
wacky stuff. You know, I crawled up on the mm-hmm. roof of our house. And I made it look like Cape Canaveral, and it had wires and gizmos and gadgets. And I sat at, out inside of an Itasca motorhome that we had. It was a little cheapy thing. And I had my little tube type uh, amateur. But I've been doing this kind of stuff for like high tech stuff for years and years and years. Sitting right beside me, I have a, a ham radio set up, and I can talk all over the world with it. I mean, it's literally right beside me. I'm touching it right now with my left hand. But uh, and uh, you know, uh-huh. I, I'm and I don't do anything halfway. You know, like, for example, I'm, an, I'm a lifetime amateur extra class. That's as high as you can possibly go. Now, the only reason I bring that up is that then I ended up getting into cybersecurity. And cybersecurity is kind of like the creme de la creme of all things electronics for the most part. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, I came to the conclusion – I actually bought a book, How to, Disappear, How to Digitally Disappear Yourself on the Internet. And it was written by a highly credible individual. And I opened up the book and I read the half of the first chapter and I picked it up and I literally threw it across the room and it splatted on the wall. And right now I know exactly where it is. It's sitting behind a recliner in the back of my master bedroom. <laughs> I haven't even bothered to go pick it up because the thing is you can't. The problem is when you do what I've done for the last 26 years, which is to work all that stuff that you hear about, all those technologies that listen to our phone calls, to our text messages, mm-hmm. to our emails, the supercomputers that collect that information off of social media, all that stuff, I've been, I was integrating, I was installing that stuff in 1996. Mm-hmm. So it's... Somebody says to me, John, you know, I'm moving over to Proton Mail. I'm going to use a VPN, and I'm thinking, man, you're just wasting your time and your money. You are already <laughs> owned. You are yeah. owned, man. It's game over. So when I pray, I say, Father, make good eyes blind, make good ears deaf. I, you know, you, you know, use your angels yeah. to protect me. You know what I'm saying? That we got Jesus and the blood of Jesus. And let me tell you something. The rest of it can, well, I mean, I, I don't know what the term is, but it can bite me. I don't really care. You know, they can do whatever they want to do. They can monitor this, monitor that, this, that, or the other thing. But at the end of the day, I don't really care because I know what it's capable of. I know they've been grabbing. And they, you're right, voice signatures. I've run across it. Now yes. they've got eyes. They've got voice signatures. They've got virtually every part of what makes you, you. That's right. It it's all about human data. I mean, we're to the point about, yes. I mean, everything is going to human data. And that was one thing yes. in this, this Be Smart book. I'm really showing you how that is the new oil of the world. That is where the Great Reset is. That's where the, you know, the uh, Fourth Industrial Revolution is headed. I mean, this is what this is all about, the transhumanism, the, the post-human. It's not anything like was ever credible as far as um, – being a part of God anymore. Once once you take that mark, you literally are se- you know you're severing anything that makes you human. And when you do that, it's just like game. It's game over. But they make they're going to make it look so promising, and they and they, and it's, it it looks good. And when the choices are probably either you take it or well, if you don't want to, you know there's there's the guillotine over there. But it's your choice. Um, it's coming down to the point that if you don't move to it, that you can't. Nobody can keep up with where the intelligence level is going. I mean, you really cannot keep up with what a computer can do in real time. And like you say, everything that we've been doing for so long, they already know your patterns. 
So if you try to go off the grid, they're going to know that you're off the grid because you, you should be buying this and you should be buying that. I mean, you, you are your own signature. And the one, one of the things that I talk about is that your, you know, that your DNA has its own vibratory pattern that makes you unique to yourself and just your DNA. So if you're, you know, like your cell phone's got its cell phone number and they can call you anywhere around the world, your DNA's got your number, too, that you can be found anywhere around the world using that electromagnetic frequency waves. I mean, it's no different than you becoming a cell phone tower yourself and them connecting directly to you. So, you know, if you don't want to follow the game, they can find a way to find you and then put you in that position of, you know, if you're going to be able to get your check or you're going to be able to get your retirement, you're going to be able to get your prescriptions or whatever, it's like you got to make the decision now because to be a part of that is going to require you to be on artificial intelligence, and you're going to have to be connected to it, just like I had the option of getting my bill fixed if I would be willing, you know, to give in to that process of making my voice into that, that voice ID and be able to use that through the artificial intelligence that they were installing in that process of uh, their their organization, which is a huge organization. So when you see that, you know that the big one's already going that, to that, and they're getting away from having to use people. I mean, that's the one thing that, that Amazon One, using the palm reader, where you don't have to even have a credit card. It's using your biological data to be able to, to bill you. And then you put your money in, in cyberspace with this um, currency that would just be uh, in cyberspace and you can't touch it, and then all your medical history and whether you can get you know taken care of at a, at a hospital. I mean, everything becomes where you can't get to it. I mean, it's not like you can go down and get a piece of paper or you can stop it or go get your money or do whatever. Everything, once it gets into cyberspace like that and you don't have the capability to connect to it, then you're just out in left field. If somebody thinks that they can go take their gold and silver or, or, you know, bring their money out at that point in time and start, you know, trying to get somebody to take this and take that to give them something, you can't do it because what's going to happen is it's going to show if a person has, let's say, uh, a family of two and all of a sudden they go down and buy 10, you know, gallons of, you know, whole milk, that's going to be a red flag on them coming up if they're trying to help you. It's not going to be like the days, you know, the Nazis and people hiding people and, and all of that kind of thing. They're, they have figured out that we are our own beacons, that our DNA has that vibratory capability of being locked onto, and that they can monitor the entire world. And they've got the satellites up there. I mean, it's amazing at night. If you go out, you'll end up seeing those satellites. And they're just one right after the next of that Elon Musk Starlink stuff. I mean, the other night I was outside, and it was like, you know, you just kept counting them, like how many, how many, how many just coming within two, you know, inches of each other across the sky continuously. And, and it's a real phenomenon. This is not conspiracy. And I think the other thing is, that I've been writing about a long time and that we've talked about is this UFO, uh, you know, the UFO phenomena. Because right now, this whistleblower, this a military whistleblower that's gone public, something is fixing to happen with this, John. I mean, I was starting to uh, see this happen a long time ago. I wrote about, you know, UFOs and uh, fallen angels and, and that kind of stuff. But I said some time back that when NASA had uh, actually gone and hired a priest 
to be able to get ready to tell everybody that, by the way, you know, we are not alone. And, you know, when I heard this guy come out and, and you know, he's an Air Force veteran. I mean, this guy that's, that's doing the whistleblowing, this David Grish, I mean, you have to look at. He's, he's not an idiot. He's a decorated officer, you know. He was in the National Reconnaissance Office. I mean, these are these are credible capabilities of a man that is stepping forward, and he's really saying that there is a secret U.S. military program that's been retrieving craft of non-human origin that also included at times dead pilots who were not of our species. Now, that is pretty significant when Fox News and CNN and all these people are interviewing this guy and our Congress is meeting with him. you you got to go, like, you know, we've been saying all the time, these things are real. I mean, I was criticized when I was young talking about this. I, I had my first encounter of seeing something very strange in the sky when I was eight years old, and I wrote about it in my in my book, Parables of Joy on a Georgia Farm. I literally knew at that point, at that young age, that what I had seen that night was not right. And so over the course of years of being able to watch the skies and and keep uh, records of things that I've seen and and, and even put some things in the MUFON database about things that I actually observed, I have always said these things have been with us from the beginning. And the more that I've studied this and the dragon ley lines and the telluric energy and electromagnetic frequencies of Earth and all the stuff that goes back into China about the past of the dragon and how these things flew in the sky, I mean, you just cannot make it up when it's all in the historical record. It's not a conspiracy. And so now, you know, you've got this guy that is an Air Force veteran literally blowing the whistle on these secret military programs that are, you know, in the United States here that have been keeping this stuff quiet and really, truly saying that they were trying to backward engineer them. I mean, this goes back to uh, a lot of people who tried to come out with that in the past and said they had worked on military programs, and those people were made to look like idiots or fools or crazy. Bob yeah, Clark. a perfect example would he be on yeah. Unpendium. Yeah, no, I mean, and, and he was only working on the little scout ships. Um, the, 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 um, so when, uh, when Greer came out with his, uh, you know, big, big yes. national news media deal, you know, a lot of people will naturally say bad things about Dr. Stephen Greer, and, and I understand that. But the fact of the matter is, that um, the information that he got from the testimonies of the ex-military personnel about 26-mile-wide motherships and stuff, I've confirmed it in other writings. Okay. I have, I have, I have a book called Encounters with Star People that was written by a native, I believe, Navajo Indian lady who went to college, and the Indian, the the, the elders on the Indian population, you know, on, on the reservations, they won't That's talk right. to the white man. Mm-hmm. And since she was Navajo, she could go into all and she would go to these elders that were way out in the buttes. You know, they're like, you know, 30 mm-hmm. mile trek away 
the rest of the reservation and she would have conversations with them and, and they would take her out and, and show her and say, you know, uh, there's, there's a very large, it's bigger than a battleship. It's a very large, completely silent uh, mothership that pulls over this butte and hovers uh, almost every single week. And, and, and the book is very thick. I mean, it's just one testimony after another. And um, it's, it's fascinating because you're looking at disparate that's the key. Disparate sources of information. You know, what does this mm-hmm. Navajo lady have in common with David, you know, Stephen Greer? Nothing. Right. You know, right, they're saying right. the same thing. You see what I'm saying? There's no collusion the same, the same there. Co- that's right. They're, co- you know, they're collaborating, I mean, uh, co- cooperating that, uh, that phenomena as a real phenomenon. I know I did some research on the Hopi Indians and what they believe were the ant people that lived inside the earth and all the things that were about the spiritual aspects of all of that. I mean, when you really look at what um, is in different areas and at the same time it uh, proves what other people are saying, you can't just dismiss it. I mean, that's one of the things I think that's pretty important about this grush coming forward, you know, and, and really trying to get our Congress to understand that there's, you know, recoveries of these fragments and, and intact vehicles that have been going on for decades. I mean, he didn't say this started happening like last week. He's talking about that for decades that United, you know, the United States government and allies and defense contractors have been aware of this. And, you know, it's to backward engineer and to stay ahead of the ball game and use the technology for the advancement of, um, you know, United States, but at the same time, they're trying to get to the crash sites before, let's say, the Chinese or the Russians do because they don't want them to get hands-on that kind of um, intelligence factor of of trying to backward engineer something and then have something that's far greater than what we've got. But I just think that, you know, this is a significant, and I don't think people are paying attention, this is a significant announcement, and that was one uh, one of the interviews that I listened to. The, the guy I was interviewing this guy says, well, you realize what you're telling the people of the world? There is something here, you know, kind of with us. We've known about it, and it's got this kind of technology because it is showing that the analysis of those supposed recovery of those things that have fallen or either been shot down or crashed on their own, that it is, it's exotic. It's exotic origin. In other words, it's not human intelligence that's doing that, that it's not something that's a known origin. And when you look at what we've got now with technology, material science testing, and the capability of of how we look at things, even with the technology we have, and if if it exceeds what we've got even in the black budget projects of TRW and those big corporations that that try to do the, you know, um, black budget projects, and try to keep us ahead, yeah. you know, of the arms races, if they're using that technology, I mean, you just stop and think about over the last number of years how we've come out with, uh, uh, you know, uh, crafts that have a UFO look that are made out of materials that radars don't pick up. I mean, it's just been a lot of things that it seems to me that where we were like maybe caveman or whatever, and then, and then we got into – 
the first first industrial revolution and the second whatever. But look at how we have expanded all of a sudden in just the technology of where we're at to go to artificial intelligence. So there's something that has, I think, been a part of helping us move faster because then, you know, used to it took so long for you to ever uh, double the intelligence of the world. Now within months, John, we're tripling the intelligence we had just a few months ago. And so I think that, you know, the fact that, that Grush has come forward and is trying to tell that there is a arms race between China and Russia and us and whoever can get their hands on this stuff is that they're going to use it as much as they can, but they're not telling how they got a hold of this stuff. And um, I think I think it's I, pre- I just think it's one of the most significant things that we've ever heard on TV on the news with credible people saying we definitely are not alone. Oh, That's people are in. definitely. Oh yeah, people are in for a big surprise here. I I can't resist, but it's in our Bible. And the problem that we have is we shrink God into a tiny little twelve ounce can, <laughs> when right. in reality there are, there are trillions of life forms, trillions of galaxies, and we you know, and of course we we're, we're plagued with the fallen angelic beings in this particular. As as Einstein would put it, we are in a hologram, albeit a very convincing one, referring to quantum physics. Um, but anyway, it's in our Bible, but the problem is we're blinded because when you've already made up your mind that you're the only pebble on the beach, you're going to do you, your brain will substitute anything. Oh, that's a metaphor for this. Oh, that's a metaphor for that. No, it's not a metaphor. Mm-hmm. I am 100% a literalist and you better have a real strong argument for making for suggesting that that particular passage in the Bible is a metaphor. And I've, I've had this conversation with people, and, and I know them. They're very good. Some of them are serial authors and very anointed. But when I share this with them, their brain shuts down, and they just can't accept mm-hmm. it. But it's right here, as clear as a bell. So in Isaiah yes. chapter 13, um, uh, and hold on a second. I want to make sure. Nope, I don't have Isaiah 13 here. Hold on a second. I-S-A, Isaiah 13. There we go. This is talking about the day of the Lord. It actually says it in the text. As a matter of fact, uh, verse 9 says, Behold, the day of the Lord comes, cruel and both with wrath, wrath and fierce anger, to lay the land desolate. Now, now listen to this. It's so clear. The problem is, every, in our little world, we're so arrogant that we think everything that God has ever said anywhere in the Bible is limited to planet Earth. Okay, that's just the way we think. We're very, very arrogant. We're the only pebble on the beach. And God certainly can have quadrillions of other life forms out there. That just doesn't wash with humans. Okay, now, but it's right here in the Bible. Okay, it says right here, it says, Lift up the banner on the high mountain and raise your voice to them. Wave your hand that they may enter the gates of the nobles. I have commanded, this is our Heavenly Father speaking, I have commanded my sanctified ones. I have also called my mighty ones for my anger, those who rejoice in my exaltation, the noise of the multitudes of the mountain, like that of many people. 
A tumultuous noise of the kingdoms of the nations gathered together. The Lord of hosts musters the army for battle. They come from a far country, from the end of the heaven. The Shamaim is the Hebrew word. That word means where the planets revolve. It means outer space. It says, the Lord and his weapons of indignation come to destroy the whole land. It even goes down further. It says their faces will be like flames and, you know, and all this other stuff. But it, but it, it, it explains, uh, you know, everyone will flee to his own land. Everyone who is found will be thrust through, and everyone who is captured will fall by the sword. The children will be dashed into pieces before their eyes. These are aliens. The problem well, is you know, everybody's... Even... It drives me nuts because it's so obvious, you know. I mean, you read about the the entities in Joel two and how they're 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 jumping from window to window to window like some kind of a freaky space alien. There's no there is yeah. no being on Earth that can act and behave the way that the entities in Joel two are behaving. It doesn't exist. Even during Nazi Germany, there was not one account, not one of a Nazi chopping a child into pieces. They did bad things, don't get me wrong. I spent a lot of time studying World War II. I'm probably as close to an expert on it as anyone. But I will say this. Chopping children into pieces? Dashed into pieces. Their children, verse 16, their children will also be dashed into pieces before their eyes. Their houses will be plundered and their wives ravaged. These are aliens. This is God's judgment upon the unrighteous. It happens during the day of the Lord. Okay, and, and uh, you know, but what are you going to do, you know? You can't, you know. And by the way, these are not fallen angels. These are ones that our Heavenly Father calls down to bring judgment upon the earth. So it's right. like, it's you know, the thing about it is like... When you talk about, you know, when Jesus was born, and it says the heavenly host, that that was something that filled the night sky. Yes. You know, for some reason, we always think about, yes. you know, the, the Christmas story, that there was like one angel, you know, and there was, it says the heavenly host filled that sky. And anybody that you even reads about uh, in, in Scripture where anybody had any obvious uh Revelation in seeing into the spiritual world and seeing the manifestations of all these things that are there that can manifest into the physical world. I mean, the angels can go from spiritual into the physical world. We know that happened when uh, yeah. you know the angels visited Abraham, and also when they uh, were in you know visited Lot. Uh, they were yep. they were human. They looked human. And so they can yeah, move and then in Hebrews, realm. Yeah, and, and in Hebrews it says, uh, "Be careful who you entertain, because you might unwittingly entertain an angel." And I and I tell people all the time, <laughs> That's right. "I don't know about you. That's I, right. I don't know about you, but the angel that came down uh, to meet with um, Daniel had a face like a big angel, had a face like Beryl, eyes like lightning, scared the living." Dookie out of Daniel. Daniel threw himself prostrate on his stomach. He's 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 soiling his depends. He's shaking and afraid for his life. I said, I don't know about you, but I'm not having scrambled eggs with that angel. 
and see, that's the thing about it is we we don't know because unless they manifest to us, and I think that's what's coming. It's, it's no doubt in my mind. The fallen angels, the heavenly host. I mean, it's it's no different than what you read about the the wars between the sons of God or the sons of light and the sons of darkness. Those things have existed for a very, very long time, going back even before we came into the picture as human beings. These things were here, and they literally are immortal. They've been, they were made immortal. We were not made immortal when we, unfortunately, participated with the serpent there in the Garden of Eden. It, it took away whatever we had uh, had the opportunity to do and stay in paradise. But thank goodness we didn't eat of the tree of life and become immortal in a fallen state. At least we could be saved after all of that. But these beings that are in these heavenly hosts, they were created just like Lucifer and the, and the ones that fell. They are immortal beings in a spiritual manifestation that can move into the, you know, the real world. And then the same thing with the yeah, prodigy they that they had. Yeah. So, so real. Have, the lineage to, is real. Oh, absolutely. Let, let me just toss this thought over for you. Okay, so just something to chew on. All right, so like, um, hold on a second. Let me hit my little light here because I usually do the radio show in the dark. Uh, here we go. Let me turn this on. So check this out. So in, in the King, you got to use the King James for this particular scripture. But in the King James, it, it talks about, and I'll just see if I have it here. Uh, wrong one. Hold on a second. Here we go. Got the right one. Now I got to scroll down. Yeah. Okay. So it says in Job 38, 31 through 33, our heavenly father is daring Job. And he's saying, canst thou bind the sweet influences of the Pleiades or loose Mm -hmm. the belts or bands of Orion? He's daring him. Canst thou guide the sons of Arcturus. Now, what's really fascinating is when you realize that we are in a part of heaven, I'm sorry, of outer space that is beyond any shadow of a doubt, it is not real. In fact, our Bible calls it temporal. It says that the things, the other parts, that which is outside of our realm is eternal, but that where we live is temporal or temporary. So we live in a quantum physics, physics hologram. We're in a contain, we're in a containment zone, stuck here with the fallen angels. So wait a minute. So could there be, why would God say, canst thou loose the bands or belts of Orion? And I have this book entitled UFOs, Aliens, Impregnated Women, Extraterrestrials, and God, Sex with Reptilians, Aliens, Motherhood in the Bible, um, Abductions and Hybrids. And right here, this is just amazing. Um, it says, and hold on a second, got to find it. There it is, Orion. So it, um, the Lafayette cataloged by traveling around the world and talking to different people that had had conversations, uh, you know, encounters of the fourth kind with various otherworldly beings and he cataloged all of it 
And there's, there's so many epiphanies and revelations in this book, it's mind-blowing. But this is one from page 83. It's talking about Orion. Now, of course, you know as well as I do that when you talk about Orion, we're talking about a very, very large expanse of space. Um, it's just referring to a particular star system or nebula. Now, it says, other sources claim that the Orion Nebula is a cosmic doorway to infinity, or the realm of the Creator, which transcends the time-space-matter universe, and which is in fact surrounded by the physical universe. In other words, we're in a hologram, and everything that goes around us is the physical universe. Then the Bible says, canst thou loose the belts of Orion? And I'm thinking, you got to be kidding me. We're actually, so how is it that these aliens, we'll call them aliens just because it's a simple way to verbalize it. They're otherworldly no matter what, whether they're considered benevolent, whether they're fallen angels, whether they're twice dead. Let's just take that off the table for a second. They're not from Earth. Now, all that being said, the, the thing that's just absolutely shocking about this is that if we're in a containment zone, if we're in a truly a hologram of types, it explains shapeshifters because they mm-hmm. know how to manipulate the hologram. Mm-hmm. We don't. We don't. We're stuck in it. You know what I'm saying? And all of a sudden, all these concepts, you know, all these weird, creepy things that you hear about, you know, shapeshifters, interdimensional travel, all this kind of stuff. Now, it's not so far-fetched because it's a hologram. And it's protected from the eternal realm by whatever these bands of Orion are that our Heavenly Father has placed up there, that evidently in the Orion Nebula is some sort of a portal into the eternal realm. Uh, and I, when I see these correlations, it's, it's mind-blowing. I mean, it's just like enough to make your head just spin. There's another one here from Alex Collier in his book, um, Protecting Sacred Ground. It's interesting that that would be the title, Protecting Sacred Ground. And he writes that we humans, as a product of extraterrestrial manipulation now, of course, watch out for that word because it just simply means beings that exist or were not indigenous to planet Earth. That's all that means. You know, we instantly think of graves. We need to stop that. It's that that we humans, as a product of otherworldly being genetic manipulation, are possessors of a vast gene pool consisting of many different racial memory banks, also consisting of at least 22 different races of beings. God, how did God make Adam? Out of the dust of the earth. It goes on to say, mm-hmm. because of our genetic heritage and because we are spirit, the benevolent extraterrestrial races actually view us as being royalty in the universe of beings. And then 1 Peter 2.9 says what? You are a royal priesthood. That's a right. holy nation. And we are in God's image. Yeah. I know. 
Is that mind-bending? And that's one thing. I mean, the thing about it is that's one thing Satan did not like, the fact that we are in the image of God. And Which is uh, they, they apparently are not. That's why they murder babies. They are in the image of God, and they hate. They, they hate God. They hate him so much. Yes, they do. Any like him they want to rip it to shreds you know i uh, it's just awful (laughs) and we're stuck here with it for a while ah get us out of here come on joy build a spaceship come on if you and i get together and we use all of our resources get zen involved and we do like a gofundme thing and maybe hook up with elon musk you know i know the past I know the path to hell is paved with good intentions. I get it. But he does have some spaceships. Maybe we can get out of here a little early. What do you think? Uh, I mean, I, 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 think it's, I, thought, I think, still think it's all smoke and mirrors. I mean, I think they're all working together, and that's the bad <laughs> thing. You've got somebody playing the Hegelian <laughs> principle where one – it's like the, the, the Democrats and Republicans. I mean, they're with the same agenda. Yeah. It's just a different way of presenting it to make you think you have a choice. So that worries me that we – are in a situation that it's going to be very difficult to make good decisions. I know. And you need to and be then, thinking about then, the right decision, you know. Yeah. And then check out the documentary on Netflix called The Family, which is a supposedly a Christian group that is worth a gazillion dollars. And even in the uh, intro to The Family, it's got Obama – Hillary Clinton that's nine foot tall Draco reptilian I mean come on that's like forget it I mean even Obama was quoted as saying when we get people to the point where they cannot trust any information we have one well they almost did that with the you know the vaccination so provable that the masses will jump to a lot of crazy things and mob mentality and suck you into something and you better be paying attention to what you're agreeing to do from now on because they're going to be doing the smoke and mirrors making a lot of people turn in directions and hope you're going to follow you know follow the other people's leads it works mob mentality you know it's scary it does work. And you know what's scary, Joy, is when you go out and probe around on Twitter, there's still people out there wearing three or four masks. And it's, it's not scary. going away. I mean, this this process is going to get worse and worse. And, and we know, according to what Scripture says, these plagues are going to get really, really bad. And those people that take that be smart are going to be in a big world of trouble with those boils that come up on them and the stingers and the you know the abyss when it opens up. Oh my gosh, I can't even imagine the suffering that humanity is going to have to go through. And it tells us in scripture that it's going to happen, and it's a hundred percent you know going to happen. Whatever the scriptures say, it is going to happen. It is, but you know what else? I mean, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer, but all you got to do is look at. Uh, the uh, social credit score system that they have already fully implemented over in China. There's tons of people over there that they can't eat. They can't go home. Their apartment doors won't open. It's horrible. And that's right around the corner. That's July. they're trying all this stuff out. Yeah, they're trying every bit of this stuff out in these other countries. 
and then when they get it perfected, it will be locked down the world. And it will happen fast because it's like a woman in travail. We've talked about that in today's like that. Yep. There, this this what's coming will happen very fast because it, it won't catch you unaware. That's why that little thing about the, the ten virgins and five having their lamps all ready to go and five didn't, that's what Scripture is telling you. You better have your lamp and your oil ready to roll because this stuff is going to happen so fast that if you're not in the right uh, mind and have chosen Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are up the creek without a paddle. Nah, it's going to be real awful. I, you know, and I, it even came to my, I don't know, impression or whatever. I don't know where, but I thought to myself, you know, they're going to guilt people because think about it. The one thing they can do with CBDCs that they cannot, when they eliminate cash, they are going to eliminate all the drug trade, all the money laundering, That's right. all of that everything. Stuff. We do. And they're going to guilt the heck out of everybody who resists CBDCs. They're going to go, what? Are you in favor of the Mexican cartels? Are you in favor of right. people dying? You know, and, and, and it's, uh, you're right. It's, and it's going to happen before we even realize it. We're going to wake up one day and go, what? <laughs> happened. That's. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be rough. And, and then, you know, the, the the chance to get out of here, you want to get out of here. I always say get the first boat out because you don't want to get left behind. Nope. Because what's going to get left Pretty behind awful. is going to it's going to be awful. Well, you know, I used to read um, Luke 2136, uh, is, and I'm, I'm just s- s- summarizing it. I'm not reading it exactly. But it basically it says, Pray always to be found worthy to escape all these things that are about to come upon the earth and stand before the Son of Man. Now, what I used to think to myself, that scripture was relevant to people 2,000 years ago, and I changed my mind. It wasn't relevant to, <laughs> to the people that... It wasn't. How do we know? Because that scripture comes right after the parable of the fig tree where Jesus says when you see the leaves starting to bud and turn green, you know that the time is right. And we are that generation. So Luke 21, 36 is just for us. For us. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Pray always. Amen. Let me tell you, not a morning goes by. I don't say, Father, please, in the name of Jesus, I pray. I know I'm imperfect, but please, Father, please don't leave me here. Whatever you got to do. That's your worst nightmare. Oh, I don't even want to think about it. I, I won't even let the thought enter my mind because cause what, what's the only thing you can feel? Panic. It's right. just not even an acceptable thought. It's not an acceptable thought. I pray fervently that God will, you know, if there's anything I need to do, any change I need to make, please, Father, find me worthy to escape all these things and get me out of right. here. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Uh, would you close Amen. The, would, would yes. you close for I, us? I always the, like to... Sure. I always like to say the Lord's Prayer, so if everybody will just um, say this along with me, just close your eyes, and let's say the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. 
Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. Amen. Father, we love you, Jesus. We love you. Fill us with your love and help us to touch people as much as we can until we depart. In Jesus' name, thank you. Thank you for your mercy. For it does endure forever. God bless you all tonight. Thank you for joining us. It is now Sunday, June the 11th. We're getting so close, folks. Hallelujah. I'll see you Friday, uh, Wednesday night, 7 p.m., Lord willing. Thank you, Joy. God bless you. I love you. I wish I'd have been able to come off. I love you, that too. I... Listen, thank you again, John, for all that you do. Same to you. Uh, God bless you. Powerful, powerful work that we've done. And all of us and your books are incredible. Oh, thank you, Jesus. God bless you, folks. Thank, thank you all you. for thank joining you. us. Be we sure got... to tell them to go to web... my website over www.drjoy.com if they want to like to get a book. Drjoy.com. Get those books. Let me tell you something. This is, it's unbelievable. It's like some of the most prophetic work ever put on the page. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Joy. What a blessing you are. God bless you Thank all. Thank you, John. All right, well, amen. We will see you Wednesday at 7 p.m., Lord willing, if I make it that far. Daytight compartments, everybody. Daytight compartments. Stop worrying about tomorrow. Hallelujah. I'll see you at 7 p.m. Wednesday. Uh, praise God. Thank you, Joy. Good night. God bless you.